your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Danielle Sports Radio 1019 FM. The fan. W-F-A-N. Good evening, New York sports fans. I'm Daniel McCartan. McCartan before midnight. And I'll be talking all things New York sports with you on this Halloween weekend. Right up till 2 a.m. on this Saturday evening here in New York City. Whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the rest of the evening and early morning. Whether that be on your car radio, streaming from WFAN.com or on the free Odyssey app. And of course, we are here in the Big Apple and... Paul Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio, the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. Go ahead, start dialing 877-337-6666. You know, what's that saying? You know, I'm never good with these sayings, but I think I got this one right. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And that is true for A, part one, the Brooklyn Nets. And although they had their lead, it was a 10-point lead at one point, it didn't matter. I mean, the Nets early were getting beat behind the arc and at the line. They cleaned up the issue with the fouls. But the Pacers steamrolled the Nets behind the three-point line. Like, how do you allow an opposing team to shoot 50% from three-point range? And like, like, in real life. Because, I mean, those are like some 2K numbers. That Those are some video game numbers. Like last year, just like last year, this year, there's a profound malaise that still plagues the Nets' defense. And playing defense is all heart. I mean, even players without a ton of offensive skill can play great defense. You're listening to one right now. I mean, I can count the number of three-pointers that I have made in my basketball game career on one hand, in my life. But I was one hell of a defender because I wanted it, because I took pride in it. These Nets, forget about it. They allowed 125 points to a Pacer team without Miles Turner. It was U-G-L-Y, and he ain't got no alibi. None of those Nets care to play defense. Or maybe they believe that they're above playing defense. Steve Nash said after the game, quote, I didn't see the will. I didn't see the desire to get the stops and get rebounds. Oh, my God. That's a problem. He also said, we got to care more. Imagine that. A team with two of the NBA's modern superstars doesn't care. Yikes. That's like, that's scary. That, that's not, that's real scary. That's not Halloween scary. That's embarrassing. I mean, Steve Nash's first comment in his press conference after the game was, it was a disaster. He's not wrong. I mean, this was the game that they were supposed to use to start to turn the narrative on the season. Instead, the Nets find themselves with superstars, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the team, sitting at 1-5 on the season. The Nets were embarrassed tonight on their own court, in their own building, in front of their own fans, and in those special Dr. J throwback unis. What a disgrace. Oh, and to top it all off, maybe you might have missed it, it was the first quarter. The Nets, Wantanabe, crashed the boards, put it through the hoop with authority. I mean, he's showing some grit on defense, right? Well, just 
one problem. It was the wrong hoop. Watanabe slammed it down into the wrong hoop. Two points, Pacers. I mean, what are you doing, Watanabe? You can't even do that right. And the more things change, the more they stay the same, also for the New York Yankees. And with that said, this is the first time I come on air with you with no New York teams playing baseball. Since the last time we spoke, the Yankees have packed their bags. They've joined their buddies in Queens, the Mets, on vacations around the world, on golf courses around the country. And it is only fitting that I send the Yankees off in the most McCartan before midnight way that I know how. I've got my trumpet here in hand. I've warmed up with exactly two scales. <laughs> and uh, I- I'm here to send the New York Yankees off into the offseason in the most honorable, respectful way possible with my rendition of taps. I've also put together a little clip here. Of uh, First, it's uh, you'll hear Aaron Boone talking, and then you'll hear Garrett Cole, and then the clip ends with Aaron Judge. So without any further ado, let me stand up here in the studio, adjust the microphone. You hear it? Okay, Paul. He's, he's, he's laughing. He's like, this is nuts. Yeah, it is a little nuts. It's okay. All right, Paul. Hit, hit, hit the track. It's an awful day. Just an awful, awful ending. Um, it always stings. It hurts. The ending, you know, as I've said before, it's cruel. It's like my least favorite day of the year. I've not been able to end the season with uh, popping champagne. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm rather familiar with this day and I don't like it. Like, I, like I've told you guys over the years, you know, if, you don't, if we're not the last team standing, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, what happens, you know, it's a failure. You know, we, we, we came up short, couldn't capitalize on a couple things here in the CS to kind of help ourselves to the World Series. <laughs> well, I screwed up the end of that, but you get it. Uh, my lips are a little chaps. It's a little chilly here in New York. Uh, the little wind's going on. Uh, but you get the point. Flat, flat out failure. Uh, Garrett Cole calls it the worst day of his calendar year every year. And Aaron Boone still has no answers. And at this point, the Yankees have more questions than answers. The biggest question, literally and figuratively, is the Aaron Judge contract. I mean, because I'll tell you this right now. Anthony Rizzo has an opt-out. And if Judge is no longer a Yankee, I'm telling you right now, neither will Rizzo. The Yankees will find themselves in the market for both a right fielder that hits for power, and a slugging first baseman. Good luck. Does Judge approach this offseason looking for the pot of gold that Brian Cashman said he'd earn? Or are the number of years more important to him? Who, By the way, he's going to be 31 on April 26th. Or how about this? Is he looking at the Yankees like, like he's got unfinished business with the team? But like I said about the Nets, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Wednesday in Tampa, Hal Steinbrenner said, quote, as far as Boone's concerned, we just signed him, and for all the same reasons I listed a year ago, I believe he is a very good manager. I don't see a change there. See? I told you last week. They just signed him. This was the first year of his new contract, and the Yankees were not going to move on from Aaron Boone. They love him. And with that knowledge, and that quote from Hal Steinbrenner, 
I also do not see a path from them moving on from Brian Cashman. I mean, Brian Steinbrenner, who, in my opinion, has overstayed his welcome there on 161st Street. I mean, how Steinbrenner would rather run it back with the two of them, who in recent years have produced disappointing failures of seasons, season after season. And yet, they still subscribe to the same silly removal of starting pitchers after five innings, no matter which names and which numbers are in the lineup and on the roster. This this batting order that is feast or famine, no matter which names and which line numbers are in the lineup. And that, my friend, is the biggest fatal flaw of this Yankees team. We talked about it this time last year, like this exact week last year. Rinse and repeat. This 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 Yankees team, it's a team that is continually under construction with the wrong architectural blueprint. And did you hear that the Mets are beginning a little construction pet project in their own ballpark? Yeah, they're moving the fences in in right field. I mean, in from right center at 380, in from right field at 370, and in from the right field uh, foul pole, 330. And the reason? Oh, they're moving the city field. They're moving the the, the, the fence in from right field for a, uh, what's the quote? A, a new fan attraction. And that's from the New York Post, Mike Puma. So I read those words, and immediately my thought was, well, Steve Cohen is clearly constructing a judge's chamber in Queens. Imagine that. And before we go to the phones at 877-337-6666, my last, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I walked in. Paul Rosenberg said, did you hear this story? And I was like, no, I was listening to the Nets game on the way in. Well, it's another Astros cheating story. Another year, another Astros cheat story. So so if you missed it, because I did, Tom Berducci was reporting during the broadcast, and it was the second inning, that Martin Maldonado used a bat in game one of the World Series that had a barrel whose circumference, essentially, was too big. And for some reason, it was not caught before the game, but only after it. So tonight, he's using a regulation bat. But last night, he wasn't. And for how long before that was he not? That sounds like cheating to me. He just got caught. And I'll tell you something. Before every single game that I ever played in and ever coached, the umpires, it's their job. It's their duty to come around, check for a a, a label that shows that all of the bats and all of the helmets are legal. And then they run their hands on the bats to make sure there's no dings, no dents, which would obviously compromise the health of the bat. Why is that not done at the major league level? And by the way, this is not a World Series for us. I mean, look at the two teams in this World Series, the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. Is this not the worst World Series of all time for all of us that live in this area? Excuse me while I go vomit into this garbage can. If I'm being really honest with you, because I always am, I could care less about this World Series. I mean, it's on here in the studio, 5-1, top of the eighth, okay. Um, but, but last night, I only casually tuned into game one. Really. I mean, I'm being honest. It was like I, I, I tuned in. It was like the seventh inning, and I was like, eh. 
And I love baseball. I'm just so turned off by this this matchup. You know what I did last night? I caught up on my American horror story. And that's actually a New York City one. AHS NYC. To me, last night, that was just much more important. And oh, man, episodes three and four, I was, I was literally, I caught myself holding my breath as I was watching. So, tis the spooky season. I love that show. You know, I actually was coming, going home after a show one night, one of these shifts, and uh, on West Street, on the West Side Highway, there were like these bright, like studio lights. I'm like, wow, what the hell is that? That's something filming. Not not until I got home did I see that it was American Horror. Like, I would have pulled the car over and, and asked to be an extra on it. Like, that's how much I love this show. So, anyway, I hope you're loving mine. Um, Paul, are we going to go to a quick break? All right, we will. Okay, so we'll throw it to a quick break. It's an awkward, you know, start time with the with the Nets being over. So, I hope that you're loving my show. Give me a call. I'm Daniel McCartan with you at 877-337-6666. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back to McCartan Before Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. And um, it's it's coming fast and furious here on the, on the Twitter machine. Kyrie Irving uh, has gone has gone AWOL. I mean, Kyrie Irving's press conference, I believe, just wrapped. And he is unhinged uh, on everything. He, he The reporters did a great job in asking him questions about a lot of the things that were going on. Um, and absolutely unhinged. I mean, he... It, you know what? It's it's not even worth getting into. Honestly, I really don't think so. I mean, it's just indicative of, of this entire team. No wonder why they're playing in a malaise because there's all this other drama going on. I mean, the Nets should have cut ties with, with Kyrie Irving when they had the opportunity to. Um, he, He's going after uh, the, the owner, uh, the, the Yes Network, I think, and, and, and I'm just trying to keep up with it. Uh, he told uh, you members of the media that the, he doesn't expect them to understand if we could just keep it to the game, I can go home to my son and my wife. Okay, buddy. I, it's just too much. It's just it's just too, too much. And and like I said, I, I don't want this to, to hijack the show tonight. But if uh, if you've got... If you had Kyrie Irving doubling down on anti-Semitic uh, movie that he tweeted about and, and Alex Jones conspiracy theory on your bingo board, I mean, just crown yourself champion for tonight. I mean, this Nets team, oh, baby. He, he was a cancer in the locker room everywhere he's been. How silly were we to assume that it would be different? Let's go to Brooklyn, New York, and, and D-Rock, you're up on the fan. Hey, good good night, uh, Daniel. This is my first time actually listening to your show, so uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for making the call. Cool. So um, I've been a Nets fan ever since they came to Brooklyn, and I loved when we hired – Actually, I, I didn't love when we hired it because I didn't know who he was. But uh, I fell in love with this Nets team specifically that year where D'Angelo Russell, Kenny Atkinson, Karis LeVert, et cetera, made the yes. playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Sean Marks made the biggest sin by abandoning all of that for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It is his responsibility why this team is where it's at. I would also say that it is also the fault 
of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and DeAndre Jordan because they wanted their guys here. Mm-hmm. They forced us to make all these trades. The team is what it is now. Yep. But it's ultimately his responsibility. So it's their fault. It's his responsibility. Mm-hmm. And because of it, Joe Sy should be looking at this and saying this is not good enough. Sean Marks, you're fired. Bring in a new GM. Steve Nash, you're fired. And blow this all up. You know because what, though? What, but yeah. D-Rock, it, it, you know, to me, it's it's – Kevin Durant is the G- the real GM of this team. You have to run it by Kevin Durant. Either you're trading him or else nothing's going to change. You know what I mean? He's bringing in his buddies. He thought Kyrie Irving was his buddy. They thought James Harden was going to make a, make a difference. And James Harden, of the three of them, was the smartest one because he got out of this mess like a rat on a sinking ship, and he was the smartest of the three of them. You, you are correct there, but let me give you this hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Say Kevin Durant came to this team without Kyrie Irving and said, you know what, let me play with these young boys, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert. Then Sean Marks, let me give you some ideas, run it by you, but you build this team in the vision that you see it. I think we'd have a much different result today than what we have now. You I basically so. gave up all the depth for his friends. And, and you know that's what else? why it's Sean Marks' responsibility. D-Rock, you know what else they did? They, they, they fired the coach. Kenny Atkinson was a fine coach, in my opinion. He was developing a team. Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, he, he had these guys playing. And then, and then Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving come wrong. They blow up the entire thing, including they firing the coach. They brought in Steve Nash, who never coached a day in his life. It's clear that, that these guys don't want to play for him. Because when you have a defensive malaise... In the sense that that they that they showed tonight and, and last year and, and a couple games this year, that starts at practice. That tells me there's nothing going on in practice. And who's in charge of that? The head coach. That's true. But I'll give Steve Nash a little credit for this. Last year, before the last season, rather, before Kevin Durant injured his leg because Bruce Brown fell into it, the Nets were still a bad defensive team. But we, at least we had a good record, record wise. This year, though, we saw what the Boston Celtics did to us. Now you're Sean Marks. You don't decide to get any centers. You roll with skinny Nick Claxton, who yep. put on a little muscle, but he's not a real center. Yep. If you would get a real center in there, you could play the two of them at the same time. Yep. But get a real center in there. I blame that still on Sean Marks. That's why I keep going back to it being his responsibility, and he ultimately has to fall in the sword for this. Right, and again, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Wasn't this the same exact problem last year, too? They don't have a true center. Yep. Nope, not not since you traded Jared Allen. Yep. And if we had Jared Allen, maybe we would have beat the Milwaukee Bucks in that seven-game series. You know we what? We wouldn't be where we're at right now. You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. Yes. Frustrating. Completely frustrating. Very. Yeah. But I thank you, D. Uh, I'll be listening to the rest of the show. And uh, thanks for having me on tonight. Hey, thanks, D-Rock. I'm on this time pretty much every weekend. So hope to talk to you next weekend, too. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Yeah, and that's the thing. Hey, good point. There's no center on this team, okay? It's just it's just a mess. The team is a mess. And by playing in this way, uh, on the post game, they were saying that Kevin Durant was was banging the scores table and expressing his displeasure with the coaches and all that on the sideline. I mean, I mean, is Kyrie Irving rubbing off on him? I always thought Kevin Durant was like this upstanding guy, always did the right thing. And I get frustration. I do understand that. But come on, man. What a mess. This is the biggest saga, the biggest drama, the biggest telenovela that you can watch on TV right now is the Brooklyn Nets. Amazing. All right, I got a quick break. We've got an Emmanuel update and then more of your calls at 877 337 
be the bull. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Brooklyn, there's going to be no sleep in Brooklyn tonight after the disaster, the, the debacle that the, that the Nets did uh, on the, their home court in those Dr. J uniforms, those crisp-looking unis. What a disaster. Uh, you know what? It's Halloween weekend. I know that's a little bit scary, um, but I am uh, dressed in my Halloween costume. I am Becky Icebox O'Shea from the Little Giants. So I had ordered myself an authentic Giants helmet, which is right here. I got the red jersey. I got the white pleated skirt off Amazon. And I already had the high red socks from something else. I don't know what. Um, I got myself some eye black. I have real football shoulder pads on right now. These are expensive, man. And a friend of mine used that, like, the cricket machine, you know? She made the numbers, and she ironed them on for me. I mean, how cool. I mean... I think this is a pretty good co- costume here. I picked Icebox because she's tough as nails. She doesn't take crap from anyone. She made things happen for herself. And she stands her ground. And I've always liked her since I was a kid. You know, when that Little Giants movie came out, I was six. So I just feel like for my whole life, I identify with Icebox. Um, especially when she was not picked to make the team because she was a girl despite being better than the boys. So that happened to me, too, in major Little League Baseball, and I made the minor Little League Baseball team, and I was the only kid on my Marlins team that was never called up to the major Little League level. Do you believe that? I was an all-star at three positions, pitcher, shortstop, first base, for every year that I played, and you tell me what was going on there. But anyway, it's me, Danielle McCartan, as Becky Icebox O'Shea on this Halloween special weekend. What sports-related costume are you going out as this year? Send me your pictures at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and also on Facebook. Yeah, Icebox O'Shea. People are loving that. Hey, see? Now I got to do the whole show in shoulder pads, which is cool. All right, let's see. Uh, let's go to the order that you called. Uh, uh, it's a mishmash tonight. The Nets coming off a brutal, brutal loss. The World Series is on. Uh, looks like Houston's going to win this. Um, Giants and Jets, Yankees and Mets are in the offseason. We have just a mishmash, and I love it. It keeps it interesting, keeps it entertaining, and keeps the show, the pace of the show, moving. So to Washingtonville we go. Eli, you're up next on the fan. Hey, Icebox, how's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you, Eli Manning? <laughs> <laughs> how's it going? Hey, listen, let's, let's start off with the Nets. Uh, listen, the. Well, Sean Marks, one thing I would have done in the beginning of the season was like, listen, we got Kyrie and we got, you know, uh, Durant. All right, we got shot guys here, but this this year, y'all, gotta, y'all guys are going to do things in our terms. I would have fired Steve Nash and hired a coach that they have to respect because I feel that they do not respect Steve Nash. No, it's, it's guy, quite clear. Kind of pushover. Yep. So, and, and it's... To my Yankees, listen, uh, I told you last week, uh, the last time we spoke, we were going to get swept, that Cashman needs to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love listening to the station, but there's some, com- uh, some uh, sports uh, personalities here, like Keith and McConaughey, that I don't know if they watch football, uh, baseball. 
because if you say that 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 Brian Cashman is not a hundred percent behind his failure, you don't know what you don't know what baseball is. They you say that he's what, not. What are they, who, who do they blame on the failure? Yeah, no, they start saying, "Oh, listen, it wasn't Cashman's fault that you know these guys didn't pan out." He he tried to do things through the through the farm system, huh? but you know what? What? <laughs> That's what I said, and then you know they they, they click off because they have that little magic button. Yeah, but you know <laughs> it, it when you start making points, like he said that 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 bringing Staten was a no brainer. Who said I that? was bringing? Brand, he, they already had. They already had a Stanton-esque player and Aaron Judge. They didn't need both of them. And then that guy's a hurt freak. So listen, Cashman, he he's not responding. He, he also said the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest thing that that shocked me was when he said that he's capable of re of re uh, re revamping this team. For how many how years many have we been hearing that, Eli? How many years? How many chances are you going to give? It's like you give somebody a, a test, and they get the wrong answers, and you give them the test back, and, and be like, all right, pick another one. And they still pick the wrong answers. <laughs> How many times are you going to give the test back? <laughs> and so they pick the wrong answers. Yeah, Listen, you're right. And then Cash, Boone is a Cashman puppet. Of course. Everything is everything is scripted. You know, he, he has to follow a script. Which you saw throughout these playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the uh, the game against uh, the Indians when he didn't bring in um, um guardians home yeah yeah and he, and and Holmes like listen I was ready yeah what was that about no Holmes wasn't in the script that day apparently and mm-hmm. a guy and by the way a manager who was touted for his communication skills his closer quote unquote closer didn't know that he wasn't going to be pitching in that game come on and then the the the, the cold situation. You have your best pitcher. Fine, he's had the base loaded. He was still had good stuff. Yeah, you leave him in there. Your ace, your Garrett Cole, your ace. You leave him in there. And then you you say, oh, I brought in a pitcher that could could, could pitch the soft contact. Lou you Trevino. Yeah, strikeout. I yep. tell you, it's frustrating. I already started making my T-shirts. My Yankee hat says "Fire Cashman" on it. I got it embroidered. I'm telling you, I'm I'm going on a full frenzy. I, I, I guess right now we're the New York Knicks, where we have to hate our ownership because our ownership doesn't want to do what it has to do to make this team a, a, a team that that could win a championship. Yeah, understood. right now the Steinbrenners are just satisfied with the team being adequate. Yep. No, I wouldn't say adequate. Good. I mean, they make the postseason every year. And thanks for the call there, Eli. Uh, it doesn't help when when the guy's name is is Brian Steinbrenner. It doesn't help. They're family. They're basically family. It's hard to do that. But Hal's got to step up, man. I don't – listen, we had this conversation last year. By the way, Cashman's not going anywhere. I would be shocked if Brian Cashman is not, you know, the architect of this yet again, another Yankee rebuild. I don't love what he's doing with the team. You know, who's their clear-cut number two starter? Who is it? Severino? I mean, I guess Cole, he's not even a number one anymore. He he is. He's the two. Severino's the three. The Yankees need an ace. Uh, it's something that Brian Cashman's never really been able to actually, you know, do and develop. And, and you've got guys in this or- batting order that, uh, I mean, it's the same. Oh, it's like, it's just give a new jersey to a, a new guy and he's going to be feast or famine at the plate. You've got guys that are three batters in the ALCS hit 
under 100 for the duration of the ALCS. I mean, what are you doing here, man? What are you doing? Can I just say one thing? Just because I was, I worked, I worked with Keith and I'm getting Chris passionate about this. Bunch. I know. So I think their points were is that Cashman put the team together, but the players have to perform on the field. And the players, they're all major leaguers, they didn't perform on the field. So at what, po- at what point do people actually b- blame the players on the field? I think that that was the overarching point that I think both Chris and Keith had. So I just wanted to get that out there is that at one point you can like you can get on Cashman and Boone and all that stuff, but I, they did what they did. Like two players sit for them, Rizzo and Bader. That was it. You're going to get on the freeze for getting Aaron Judge? Of course not. He had an awful postseason. It is what it is. He did. He had an awful... So at what point... And the majority of the Yankees, they all had really, really bad uh, postseasons. I don't know how much blame do you put on Cashman for that. I have no idea. I don't know the right answer to that. Also, if they would fire Cashman, he would get a job 10 minutes after. Because he's that good. Sure. So Sure he would. But he's not the right guy for this Yankee team. No more. I- I've seen enough. But you know what? He's not going anywhere. So, uh, Yankee, you have to just accept it. To Marty in Westchester. You're up on the fan, Marty. Yes, good evening, Danielle. Um, basically, I've moved on from baseball and really getting <laughs> to the NFL now. Yeah. And it's a big weekend. Both local teams have been playing terrific football. But I think the intriguing game tomorrow is going to take place at the Meadowlands. Uh, Patriots. I watched the game Monday night against the Bears. They look like a very pedestrian team. Yeah. Uh, probably the worst team that Belichick has coached since he's been up there. And I really think this is a big opportunity for the Judge to win this game and uh, put themselves in a position to uh, play some meaning- me- meaningful football in December. Hey. I'm just wondering what your take is on tomorrow's game. Yeah, Marty, we've, we finally got some meaningful football around here in the month of November. How's that, right? Um, it's pretty good, yes. You know, I've heard a lot of the hosts kind of building up this jet game as like, the jet game. I think Gio said you got to shove it up the A-gap of Bill Belichick. I get it. I get all that. I do. It's it's just another game. I mean, you, you said it. Th- this Patriots team is probably the worst team that Bill Belichick has ever coached up there in New England. Well, yes, it would be wonderful and fantastic to beat the Patriots. Uh, to me, the, all the hoopla that people are putting onto this game, it, it's just another game. You know, mm-hmm. it's all it is. And, and, the, and the whole adage of is if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That's what's going on in New England. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not hyping it up. It's going to be fun. I mean, the people are going to be in their seats. It's going to be entertaining. And, of course, the Patriots have made Jet fans' lives miserable for my entire life. But it's just another game. And, and against a real crappy team, I mean, yeah, yay, you beat the Patriots. Yay. For me, that would be it. Mm-hmm. And as far as the Giants are concerned, um, I have to say the best trades sometimes are the trains that are never made because during the off season there was some uh, uh, talk about, hey, let's get Russell Wilson here, mm-hmm. the quarterback this team. Yep. And Daniel Jones is far outperforming Russell Wilson. Marty, do you remember so, what I uh, said about Russell Wilson to the Giants? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What did I say? Uh, well, well, part of it, I believe, was a salary cap. They would have been in salary cap purgatory if they had, if they had traded for him, and they would have had to give up a lot of draft choices. Yeah, and and I wanted no part capital. of Russell Wilson. No part of Russell Wilson. Done. Right. Yeah. No. I, I listen, Marty. I've been riding, dying with. Uh, thanks for the call there. I've been riding and dying with with Daniel Jones through and through, through and through. 
And look where the Giants are now. Chris in Queens, you're up next here on The Fan. Yes, hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Chris? Uh, I'm tired, but I got to go to work, so I'm going to make this quick. Yeah, I'm, okay. not a, I'm not a Yankees fan. I'm a Mets fan, but that's another conversation for another time. <laughs> okay. But uh, your, pre- your previous call was nailed it on the head. You can't always blame management for what's done on the field. You gotta blame the players. I mean, we're not even going to talk about Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge did his job. Not in the postseason, he did not. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I'm talking about he did his job to carry the team as far as he can carry them. Mm -hmm. Now, and yes, and and during the regular season, that's what he did because he he brought the team into the playoffs because. No one else was performing. Mm-hmm. And your previous caller was just mentioning that. After a while, you just can't blame management for what's going on on the field. They, they make the deals. They're behind closed doors. They're trying to make everything work out. But at the end of the day, you have to – it's all up to the players. You're happy the with the construction the of this track. team, Chris? You're happy with the construction I'm, of this team? They struck out 41 times in two games. You're happy with oh, that? I'm not a, remember, I'm not a Yankees fan. I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> you can't you, – you got you. You put the the team is put together. It's really up to the team to perform. They got to do what they got to do. If they can't do it, well, I mean. But, you but how about Garrett them. Cole? He wasn't given a position to do it. Where he had, he's the ace. He had, he worked the bases loaded somehow, and he wasn't even allowed to work himself out of it. That was a management decision to pull him. Lou Trevino coughs up. I think it was two runs. I mean, they're bringing in not even their best reliever. They're bringing in their like Z list reliever in that situation. Who's making that call? Where is that in the script? <laughs> you, you, you're right. You get no argument from me. I mean, Chris, I understand what you're saying. I mean, like I said before, right. there were three guys in the ALCS that hit under 100. Aaron Boone's not swinging the bat for those guys. Brian Cashman is not swinging the bat for those guys. Hal Steinbrenner is not swinging the bat for those guys. I understand that. But, you know, right. having Aaron Judge bat leadoff, what is that about? You know, like, there were so many things. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that, didn't, that, 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 that didn't make no sense to me. I mean, if that's your best hitter, He's got to be at least in the three or the five or three or the four spot. Three. I would make if, him three. If anybody can get on, if anybody can get on base, he can get them out. He can get he can get them around the bases to bring right. them home. That's, right. That, that, that's I, maybe that's for me. That's baseball one on one. Yes. Right? Yep. That's it, Chris. Okay. And, and guess what? Aaron Judge. Uh, there were so many things wrong with this, and and I'll, and I'll end it on this. And point case point done. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, the, the guy that they brought in to be the shortstop for the Yankees, who I call the stopgap shortstop from the beginning, was benched in the ALCS. Benched. Okay? So there you go. And so I, I, I've got an idea here. Um, I want to talk about are the New York Yankees, in their pursuit of Aaron Judge, are they being overly reliant on lore and legend? Because... Randy Levine opened his mouth again, and it got me lost in my thoughts a little bit. And the most ugly, protruding thought of mine was, why would Aaron Judge want to be a Yankee moving forward? I was surprised at the number of reasons that popped into my head pretty quickly, actually. So, I'm I'm D.D. McCartan. Let's put ourselves in Aaron Judge's size 17 cleats next here on The Fan at 877-337-6666. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back to 
the fan in New York City. Paul Rosenberg and I just had a, uh, a photo shoot on that most recent commercial break. So, if you want to go see me and my Becky Icebacks O'Shea uh, Halloween costume, go ahead and uh, I just tweeted it out on at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Let me know what you think and send me uh, your best sports-related Halloween costumes. I love, I love, look, we're not out. We're not at any parties tonight, so we want to see them, all right? So this terrible, insidious thought uh, crept into my mind about Aaron Judge the other day and his future with the Yankees, and instead of blocking it out, I allowed the inconvenient truth to, you know, seep in, and my thought was this, why would Aaron Judge want to be a Yankee? And before you turn the dial down, think about it. There's a few reasons that kind of just popped into my head fairly quickly. A, I mean, plain old disrespect. The fans are booing him from, you know, Brian Cashman, Randy Levine, or both of them. They leaked the deals, the details of his deal to the media. The deal that they offered him, the one that he turned down. And he acknowledged that it upset him. And then what does the owner say? Well, the owner says, to my knowledge, what we announced is what we offered. We knew that was going to get out anyway. And as Cashman said, we wanted to be as transparent as possible. Huh. Then on July 6th, Hal Steinbrenner says that he has, quote, no regrets about not signing Aaron Judge uh, last offseason. None, huh? Not, not one? And then you got... From the organization, because here's, uh, I'm, see, I'm trying to put myself in Aaron Judge's size 17 cleats here, okay? I wear a size 10, but not quite a 17. But the Yankees, you know, turned around and, and took on $50 million to get both Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who we can all now agree is the stopgap shortstop I said he was going to be in March or whenever he came here, right? Rather... Then the offer to pay his is the homegrown talent, aka Judge. So if you're Aaron Judge and you're sitting in that clubhouse and you're looking at, well, wow, they spent fifty million dollars to go ahead and get Josh Donaldson and, and IKF and 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 not use that money towards me who who came up through the system. Like he had to have been thinking like like WTF, right? I mean, you penny pinch me in your offer, but you gladly hand it over to them for what reason? And you know, I can't speak for Aaron Judge, but. That's exactly what I would have been thinking so I could speak for myself. Okay, B, he'll be the next captain of the New York Yankees. I mean, have you been watching? He'll be named captain no matter where he goes. C, he broke Roger Maris's record. Right. So Aaron Judge's name is going to be in the Yankee record books whether he stays or he goes. Maybe he'll go to Chicago and he'll break Sosa's next. And the Cubs won a World Series more recently than the Yankees. Or maybe he'll go to St. Louis and break Mark McGuire's next. I mean, the Cardinals won a World Series more recently than the Yankees. Or, you know, he did acknowledge Barry Bonds as the all-time home run leader. So what if he goes to San Francisco and not break, not only breaks Bonds' record, but the all-time record next? I mean, the Giants have won three World Series since the Yankees last won in 2009. And Judge grew up, I looked it up, two hours away from what is now Oracle Park. He was a Giant fan growing up, as you as you know, as you've heard all week. And D, this Yankees team has underperformed around Aaron Judge in every season except his first full season in 2017, which was a surprise for everybody. But 
How could a team constructed with this amount of talent, an all-star at every position, right? How could this team not even see a World Series in his tenure here? I mean, he himself called the season a failure. The word failure, as you just heard a little while ago when I was playing my trumpet. So, I mean, you want him to stay. You want him to want to stay. But, I don't know, I just had that insidious thought that was like, all right, but here are the reasons why he maybe won't. And you know what? Maybe there is some good news in this. A listener named Pete, he tweeted me this morning at 8.04 in the morning, and he said he works overnights for New York City Transit. And he said that he spotted Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo with their wives around 2.30 a.m., which was early Saturday morning, so Friday night into Saturday morning. And he said that they were pointing out people's costumes and giving them high fives, and it was near 86th and 2nd. So maybe the good news here is that maybe he's not on vacation. He's right here in New York. Maybe they got something done. I don't know. Because I know a lot of the times, as soon as the season is over, they're out of here. And Judge, according to listener Pete and Rizzo, we're not. I think that's a good sign. 877-337-6666. David in the Bronx, you're up next here on The Fan. Hello? Hello. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. So um, earlier you guys were talking about uh, Cashman and stuff and how he needs to go and stuff. Um, No, the inevitability is that he will be back, yes. Yeah, he will be back. But um, I don't think the Yankees are doing that bad. I think we need to look more at into the management of, like, hitting coaches, pitching coaches. Yeah, but Uh, We made it eight wins away from the World Series. David, guess what? This coaching staff for this season was a brand-new coaching staff. They did that. They pulled that move last year. They fired all the coaches last year. They hired all these guys new for this year. Same result. Yeah. Well, I think I think we don't give enough – as Yankee fans, we're very hard on our team. We don't give them enough credit. How many – you know what? That's like saying – you know how I interpret that? Where's the participation trophy? That, that's that's what I, how I interpret that. <laughs> give them credit. They played hard. They did good. Yeah, uh, I think uh, unless we get rid of Boone, yeah, we're, we're not going to have good management. Yeah, it's not happening. Hal Steinbrenner just said that, that it's not happening. And guess what? On, uh, the inevitability is in, is in the fact that Brian Cashman will be re-upped. Mark my words. Uh, Kevin and Camden, you're up next here on The Fan. What's up, Coach? How are you? What's up, Kevin? I'm good. I got two points. I want to, uh, first, about the Yankees and the Giants. Sure. Uh, first point about the Yankees. With Boone being back, I mean – I will, are we sure he's going to get done? Because, yeah, Boone's been a great regular season manager. But as we've seen this year, regular season means nothing. Yep. Because you look at the Philadelphia Phillies, and that makes me sick, that they've made it all the way to the World Series with the ex-Yankee bench coach. Mind you, he was on yep. the Yankees with Girardi. Yep. I, don't, I mean, the, uh, the, he, the young guys play for him. I mean, it's like a blend of analytics and old-school gut feeling, mm-hmm. which Boone, this puppet robot, does not have. It's just, I have no faith in this in the Yankee organization getting things done. And that's one thing Judge has to think about, too. You talk about all the stuff you brought up before, but that's the other factor in his mind, too. Like, Brian, we've been, this has been the same thing over and over. Is mm-hmm. anything going to get done? Yep. That's got to cross his mind, too. So if you're Judge, that's your lesson, thank you. Because I'm telling you what, I'm getting that feeling that he's gone. I don't know why. I, I, same feeling, I got the same feeling with the Grom. I think both the Grom and Judge will leave. 
that's how I honestly feel about both of them. Yeah, I, 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 Kevin, I, them both, I have a, 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 a want to, to agree with you, in fact, actually, on both. Um, yeah, because I, I just I just think that they're both looking for a different. It just they're not saying it, but it's just the the, the the way that their vibes have been the last few months. Just I'm just feeling that overall. So that's just how I feel about them. Yeah. Now, real quick about the Giants, Kadarius Tony addition by subtraction oh. for mm. me because every time you looked, it was like a RHO and J episode. Every it was something. Every something was always going on with them. Now I got a question for you. I heard over during the week that they were looking to get Jerry Judy the Giants to replace him. Would you do it? No, I wouldn't either. See that? It's great minds, Kevin. Great minds. Absolutely. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I I don't know what the Giants would do, but I definitely think they should definitely drop the receiver in the draft now. Definitely, but Kevin Galladay Galladay's got to go. Every I think. Well, Kevin, Kenny Galladay, they need him to come oh, along. He's been terrible. They he's been need terrible. him. Kevin, they're they're six and one. They're in the thick of it. They can't be looking for the draft next. But luckily, yeah, but I mean, with Galladay, you got no faith. I mean, this guy's like a, a stick. Yeah, compared to what he did in Detroit. Yep. No Matthew Stafford. This guy can't even run a route. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm firing up. You know, I get in these moods. I just, I want to see different receivers, and we gotta. I love the start. Oh. But we got to get better receivers. Yeah, Kevin, that's that's kind of the name of the game. But you got your running back running so well. You got your quarterback running so well, and it's working for now, right? It's been working. The Giants do need to make a change at wide receiver, and I do have that coming up in, in the next five minutes or so. Michael in uh, Lake Mary, Florida. Thanks for joining the show, Mike. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Coach? Not that much. Doing a show, you know. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, awesome costume, by the way. Ah, thank you. You you are the real life Icebox. <laughs> sure. I've definitely <laughs> identified with the Icebox character. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to piggyback a little bit on with Kevin with uh, with this Kadarius Tony uh, trade. Uh, when this trade first came on, and I got a, and I got an alert to it, I was tweeting out some uh, some friends and they're like, oh, we lost Tony now. We and you know he was he had all this potential. I'm like, guys, he wasn't going to do anything here. Yeah, get rid of the dead weight. Obviously, something more is going on with the injury behind the scenes. This, to me, I feel uh, the coaching staff doesn't feel he fits in with the team. Maybe he's not rehabbing the injury properly. Maybe he's not showing up for meetings. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is he isn't going to be the guy here, and I could live with it if he is the guy in Kansas City because he wasn't going to do it here. Mm-hmm. Get the draft capital, move on. But to your point. With Galladay, we need him. He's got to somehow find some way to hopefully step up here because this giant team, as you said, they're six and one. There's excitement around. They have the best. They are the best coach team in the NFL. They're not the most talented team, but the best coach team. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, this deep threat having a receiver is the piece that gives them possibly, you know, a deep playoff contender because without that. Uh, I don't know how far they're going to go with what they have with it, with you know, which is having Barkley and Jones and just having some some pedestrian type of passing game. You've right. got to have that. But either way, this team's moving in the right direction. I'm hoping we work it out, and uh, I'm I'm curious to see what they what they do. But just want to get your thoughts on that, and uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, and thanks for the call there, Mike. Uh, you're right on. I mean that that whole comp, that one two punch of. Uh... Jones and Barkley, it's only going to take them so far. I mean, the, the Giants need, need Kenny Galladay to come. You know, I saw, I watched an interview, and actually I was doing something in the kitchen, and it ran a couple times. But basically, in essence, it was, you know, hey, um, uh, 
he was saying he wants to be a part of it. He's jealous in a good way of the guys that are out there. He's doing everything he can to get back out there. Great. Fine. Now do it. Now be a part of this team. Go make those contested catches that you were brought here to make. You know, I, you know, it's just the Giants need him. Need him in the worst way to contribute to this team. You know, and and so he's not going to be moved. And who they're going to bring in? Well, first of all, we got to address Kadarius Tony because although the Giants are like thin on paper. And and they're also paper thin, really. If when you look at it at, at the at the wide receiver position, I mean Sterling Shepard, all, all the guys, they're down to Darius Slayton as their number one. Which I don't know, Darius Slayton to me is not a number one, but they're paper thin at the wide receiver position. There's no depth there, and so I, in my in my heart and in my mind, Joe Shane and the New York Giants made the right move to send Kadarius Tony packing, despite the fact of how how. They don't have any depth at the wide receiver position. Let's be honest. So, I'm Daniel McCartan. Let's talk about that next, right here on the Giants Radio Network, WFAN, at 877-337-6666. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Before midnight here on The Fan in New York City. I'm Dan- Danielle McCartan with you till 2. Uh, we were just talking some Kadarius Tony. Two callers brought it up, so you know what? Let's do it. Mike in uh, Lake Mary, Florida, and Kevin and Camden, they both brought it up. Kadarius Tony, fine. Let's do it. Giants made a great move. And if you're a fan of my show, you know that the next show that I had after the night that Kadarius Tony was drafted... I didn't like the pick. Yeah, I had a scout leading up to the draft too. My scouting report on Kadarius Tony was: I said he was injury prone. I said he was an inefficient route runner. I said he had too much freestyling. But most importantly, the weekend after the draft, I questioned whether or not Kadarius Tony was all in as a football player, or was he a rapper, or is he a football player that's trying to advance his rap career? Huh? So, if you're a fan of my show, you now know that I keep receipts to myself. June 13th, 2021, two months after he was drafted, I still didn't like the pick. At this juncture, I cited Kadarius Tony's work ethic during his rookie minicamp practices. You know, these are all real excuses that Kadarius Tony used. Day one of rookie minicamp, there was a cleat issue, couldn't practice. Day two of rookie minicamp. The Giants categorized it as, quote, a minor injury. Then he missed three weeks of voluntary workouts when he didn't sign his rookie contract. After that, he left the field during a preseason practice. He slipped too many times. He slipped multiple times during practice. Two days after that, he was excused to practice to a family emergency. Then his grandmother passed away. Then he got COVID and had to quarantine. Then he had a hamstring injury. And then it's like, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? He sounds like one of the kids in my classes that is just so full of excuses all the time. Like, I have no patience for that, especially at the NFL level. And then the new regime came in, and I think, you know, they tried to to bring him along. Like, I think by playing Kadarius Tony's music, his rap, at practice, 
I mean, Coach Dable even tried to make him feel, you know, part of it. But apparently, Kadarius Tony still didn't buy in. So, Joe Shane did an excellent job in unloading Kadarius Tony for two picks in 2023, which will be a compensatory third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. So, I can't wait to see what Joe Shane turns Kadarius Tony into. And, and if you're wondering, it's absolutely addition by subtraction. This season, in the two games that he played, Tony caught two passes for exactly zero yards. So there's no loss there. And Brian Dayball said after the trade, quote, I thought it was for the best of the team, and I wish Kadarius well. My warning, though, my Daniel McCartan warning, though, is he's going to look really good in, in that Kansas City offense with Patrick Mahomes. He is. He's going to look really good in Tyreek Hill's role. But the solace you can you could tell yourself is that it's going to be short-lived until something else comes up on his behalf or whatever is next for him. So don't worry. But it's the right move, and be aware that he's going to look good in Kansas City. He's going to. Uh, all right, let's go to the phones. 877-337-6666. I don't want to experience any of the, the, you know, the, the negative tweets. So, oh, she said it was a good move. It was. It was a good move. But Kadarius Tony's going to look a lot better in that offense than he does in the Giants offense. And maybe he might be a little bit even more motivated to play. How's that? Ralph in Kenilworth, New Jersey. You're up next on the fan. Go ahead, Ralph. Hi, how are you? I'm good. good. How are you? Show. Great, great show. I enjoy you. Thank you. Anyway, um, I just want to talk about the Yankees yeah. and the rumors and whatever, what direction they're heading, the changes. Uh, they should fire Tasman. They should fire the manager. The manager is just as good as the players. That's it. They represent what their ability when they're on the field. They make the the manager look good. Now, Tasman has put has made some rough calls here. I mean, trades like wait. Ralph, Ralph, before you go any farther, the Yankees had one, two, three, four, five, six All-Stars this season, just so we're clear. Yeah, yeah, but I understand. But the injuries, let's look at the the injuries. Like Benatendi, they down. LeMahieu, down. Mm -hmm. And then Michael King. And, uh, you know, the guys on the bullpen, they got hurt. Forget it. It's 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 a mess. Now, this year, again, what I think I would do, if I would put LeMahieu at third base, he played there a couple of games. He looked good. Put him there. You got to get you got to get Josh Donaldson out of there. I think he's done. His base his best days are behind him. Slow bat. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's got to still complete great third. Yeah, but he's got to go. He's got to go. I'm sorry. That's what I would do. Yeah, and but and then in the shortstop, I would I'd give that kid a chance. That kid, that 21 year old. He, he let me tell you, he looks impressive. I mean, he show, he shows some you know character, whatever. He's only twenty one, and then and, and then you got Bopi on the sideline. Let him season himself with Triple A. Then he, eventually, if they bring him up, make him a second baseman, or you know, that's what I would do. Well, that, Ralph, here, here's do, the thing. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't I, would, I don't mind the plan there, Ralph. But here's the thing: where are you going to find a team that's going to eat twenty one million dollars and twenty five million dollars against the luxury tax of Josh Donaldson? Where is that going to come from? Yeah, well, the Yankees could strike a deal for them to dodge. They need a third baseman, whatever. They, you never know. Whatever. Or take, eat the contract or eat, or pay 50% of the total or $12.5 million 
But he's got to go. That guy, come on, you know he's done. Yes, of course. I'm sorry. Of course. I'm sorry. He's not the same player when he was with Oakland. It's no. Rondo, not the same whatsoever. I, could be, I, mean, I don't know. Cashman, who made that deal? Cashman. Yes. So I don't know. So come on, he, put, he, he puts the Yankee Rams in a tough decision. He gets also Frankie Montas. Oh. Come, hey, Ralph, uh, you know, are you a fan of my show? Because you know that I wanted no part of Frankie Montas. None. Right. Come on. We can't, you got to be kidding me. I, I think the Yankees. They, got, they have a good pitching staff. They got three guys there. Cole, Severino, and this Nestor. Those are good pitchers. Those are good quality pitchers. They didn't pitch that bad in this against Houston. And no. I remember no. Houston's a well it's a championship team. They were well balanced. Them guys can hit. Mm-hmm. So they really they, they really went on blown away like they lost nine to two. No, they they would they had chances. There's just too many injuries. You know I mean they missed LeMahieu. Bernard Tandy is a hell of a 300 hitter, major yep. league 300 hitter. Yep. He was out. That's a big hole. People don't understand. And the pitching, they had no closer than Chapman's got to go. That's $18 million right off of that. Oh, yeah. He's so, gone uh, already. His contract expired. He won't be back. Yes. He, right, exactly. Then Britain, he's done. I think he's done. That's $14 million. He's yep. done. He's done, too. And then you got the – if they get Donaldson, they got to pay half of the contract, whatever. Somebody will take him. Uh, we'll whatever. see. I hope so. I think so. And that, you know what I mean? Now we're talking fifty, sixty thousand dollars right off the payroll. Payroll. I mean, and Cashman's made some tough. He when he got Joey Gallo, he gave up four prospects and he ruined uh, Miguel Andor. And you're gonna see what kind of ball player he is with picture. You're sure. gonna see. You're gonna see what tremendous professional hitter. How about they the Aaron Hicks deal? Yeah. How about they the Aaron Hicks deal? Head. You know, they mess everything. It's like a yo. You go by. Okay, play three games. Oh, one to three. Oh, yeah. He's probably thinking his mindset. If I go for four, I might be a bad to triple A. Of course, come on, will you? That's not right. So you know, so, and then for Joey Gallo, you keep playing him. But come on, yep, come on, will you? That's, it's, it's just Kinder Falefa. And how about this, Kinder Falefa? They sold you that he was this defensive whiz, and yeah, right. I mean, come on, are you uh, kidding me? Uh, you gotta be kidding me, please. That kid is better. That kid, that twenty-one year old, whatever, yeah, for that, that kid's got talent. Yeah, that kid's a talented ball player. I mean, he runs well. He's a great shortstop. He even said it last year at, at spring training. Yep. Uh, Cashman yep. said he's ready. Club wise, defensive, he's ready for the major. That kid can hit. But, well, you got to have the courage and put him at short. Yep. Now, do what you have to do with Boston, with Terry Francona was with Boston. He said, I remember that. They had, uh, uh, what was it, Pedroia? Yeah. He, he just came up. They just put him up. He was hitting 120 in, in two months into the season. And you know how the Boston fans in the media, mm-hmm. rough like New York. And he said, he had a conference said, listen, that's my second base. He's going to stay there and he's going to hit. What happened after that? The kid started hitting him. What he became? An all-star. Yep. A little but bit of confidence goes a long way there, that. Ralph. The Yankees know. The Yankees sure. know. The Yankees have to send him down. Bro. Oh, he's out of option. Bro. Come on. Yeah. No. Come on. You're giving everybody else a chance. Come Frazier, you give him a whole so much chance uh, he didn't pan out. Yep, oh, come, Ralph. They uh, did. It. They kept doing it. They kept doing it. They did. They did. Uh, uh, Clint Frazier. They did that too. They did it to Mike Ford. They did. It to, I mean, that is like the Yankee way. The Scranton shuttle. I mean, it's it's funny, but it's like not. You know, it, it's unnerving. And again, you know, this this uh, we can go into all the bad contracts at the. I mean, Jacob Bielsbury. I mean, Aaron Hicks. I mean, come on. And this is the guy you want to trust to write the ship moving forward. Oofa. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number. Douglas, I see you hang there. Uh, we're gonna do a quick break. We've got an Emmanuel Barbari update. 
Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Here on the fan in New York City. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till two here on the fan. We've about to have a changing of the guard behind the glass. We say goodbye to Mr. Rosenberg. We say hi to Sus. He'll be taking your calls at 877-337-6666 for the literally the rest of the night into the early morning hours. Paul, get home safe. It's one of these crazy nights. Everybody driving out there. It's one of those crazy nights where, you know, it's all these parties and a lot of drunks are on the road, especially on nights like tonight. So everybody be careful. That's my little PSA. There's no excuse. There's Uber now. Call an Uber and figure it out. On the break, uh, I did find some somewhat breaking news. A tweet by Adam Schefter confirms that DK Metcalf, who was listed as questionable all week, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but he will play against the Giants. I guess now, at this point, later today. So DK Metcalf, who listed as questionable, will play versus the New York Giants. So we could talk about that. that. Uh, I'll give my predictions coming up in a little bit. Um, but the show is taking lots of turns and stuff tonight. I did want to make one more point because it's it's one thing to complain about something. And I, I'm always, like, solution-based. And so, I, you know, I know, we talked about how razor-thin the Giants are at the wide receiver position how Kadarius Tony's departure is addition by subtraction. Um, I also want to address what they should do, like as solution-based. And you heard Kevin say it. You know, the Giants are barking up the Jerry Judy tree. And in, 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 he asked, are you interested in Jerry Judy? And I said, no. I mean, it, it's, I don't know. Um, it's as the expression kind of implies, and I never get these expressions right, but Jerry Judy is the wrong one for the Giants for the main reason is that he is the apple of every other contender's eye. So that obviously drives the price up, right? So Ian Rappaport said that Jerry Judy has been, quote, the center of calls. Adam Schefter said that Denver has received, quote, multiple inquiries about Judy. And as a result, I think it's just going to be too expensive in terms of draft capital. Because when I head on, Cynthia Freeland, I guess a year ago, over a year ago at this point, around draft time, I love having her on. She said something that stuck with me. She said that talent plus fit system plus teaching equals NFL success. And that always kind of stuck with me. So where the best fit for the Giants is not in Denver. It's in Pittsburgh. It's Chase Claypool. Hear me out. Chase Claypool is a deep threat, as well as a big slot receiver, which the Giants could use both. Claypool catches 13% more balls than Jerry Judy. I mean, Claypool is tied to the 10th of a percentage point with Chris Godwin in catch percentage. And Godwin's pretty good. And so is Claypool. And... The Steelers have already named their price for, for Chase Claypool. It's a second-round pick. The Giants have the capital to do it. They're, they're in the thick of things. They need to go and do it. And, and this past Sunday, you got to love this, Claypool said he wants more goal balls. That's his quote. So we talked about scheme and we talked about fit. 
Daniel Jones, in his career, is over double the league average in quarterback rating when he throws go routes over 20 yards to his left. So here's what you do. Here's the fit. You line Claypool up on the left side, and you let it fly. It's a perfect fit. Chase Claypool, a New York Giants. I would love it. Forget about Jerry Judy and his injury history. 877-337-6666. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 2. And to the phones we go. To the Bronx. Douglas, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. What's going on, Douglas? Um, Thanks for hanging. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. So uh, it was just reported as well. Noah Syndergaard will be a Game 3 starter for the Phillies on Halloween night. And uh, Danielle, he better not run away from this start like when he was with Anaheim, <laughs> running away from the bats. Yeah. Remember that earlier this year? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. He didn't want to pitch yeah. in that game. He wanted no part of no. it. He also wanted no wanted part of pitching against the Mets, too, if you remember that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, But he has to face the Astros on Monday night. So, you know, I'm, I'm watching some of this World Series. There's a lot here that I'm sure a lot of Yankees and fans are, like, jealous of. So when the Phillies in game one came back, they did it on singles and doubles. Oh, what also, a concept. Uh, what a yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I, I I us fans we rarely saw that in the ALCS except for Bader and Rizzo to some extent mm-hmm. but uh, yeah they hit on contact and the second part uh, I also throw in tonight with Houston when they started the game did they too uh, hit on double yeah. so anyways but um, what a and then last night right exactly and then uh, with the game winning home run from game one J T Real Muto he hit that ball to right field which is about two rows back. Two rows back. Mm. And I'm sure Aaron Boone was at home thinking, oh, of course he hit it there, and it was gone because the roof was closed. Yep. Uh, yep. Of uh, course he was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, memo to Aaron Boone. Uh, uh, Bregman hit it off Severino with the roof open, too. So mm. just to, to remember that. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe considering it was Real Muto, I'm sure Mets fans are envious, too, because, uh, you know, they figured, oh, James McCann, he was a worthy alternative, right? Yeah. Remember, that was another oh, yeah. discussion, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, how that worked out. So, I mean, so we, the discussion earlier this in your show about how, you know, failure, success uh, with uh, Cashman and Boone, and on their part, they don't see it as a failure. I think going into the playoffs, it's fine um, that, uh, that, that the moves that they, they consider themselves successful um, I, you know i give mariano rivera some credit uh he, and being very public in his opinion yeah that yeah he, he slammed that, them that, that not yeah not not the party line where we've heard uh, from the yankee base and um, i mean just consider and then there was one caller earlier that was mentioning about you got to put the onus on the players not not the management but at the same time we did not agree about the acquiring of Josh Donaldson. And, of course, you said, or you, you know, to, just to reiterate what you said about IKF, yeah. right? he was just a stopgap. But also, let's remember, in that same deal was a young catcher named Ben Wartfett, mm-hmm. who I thought, I thought that that was their plan of having as the backup to Higgy. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, that's when they picked up Jose Trevino as, like, they needed another catcher on the roster. Right. I mean, they lucked out, of course. But um, so you know. Um, but yeah, since since this past week, I've seen on social media this old clip from 60 Minutes of 
how Father George talking about uh, uh, telling um saying uh, yeah, you show me a good loser I'll show you a loser and yeah. I tell you yeah right the son is does not follow that tack <laughs> does not follow that but um yeah, as a side note and I have another I have a football note uh, to mention to you but uh, one side note about tonight's game they did a profile on Dusty Baker and after that. David Ortiz and I do like the stu- I like their studio. I I I, I like that mix of uh, Frank Thomas, Big Poppy, A Rod, and uh, and Kevin Burkhardt. I do, but tonight yeah. he goes. Um, he understood why Dusty Baker left Justin Verlander in as long as he did last night because he wanted to build up Justin Verlander's confidence. Are you? He he said this. In the pregame. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe my ears. Really, <laughs> the best pitcher in baseball since he became an Astro, the Cy Young this year, he coughed up five runs the lead last night, and you leave him in because he needs self-esteem building? I'm sorry. Uh, and the Astros have one of the best bullpens in all of Major League. Major League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't, don't tell me that he needs this confidence to be built. Sorry. And it's just amazing that Verlander has been poor in World Series. That's an amazing stat, but yeah, still, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to hear that, that excuse. But I know, of course, this is a love affair with Dusty Baker in the pregame. Anyways, so on to football. I have a mea culpa for you, Danielle, because uh, uh, my uh, my antenna rose last winter when it was rumored that perhaps Russell Wilson might want to head elsewhere out of Seattle and mm-hmm. thinking, hey, you know, the Giants have a couple of nice, shiny pieces uh, in the form of two first-round draft picks. <laughs> I'm thinking, huh, I, I wouldn't mind taking the call. And I and yes, you, you, you debated that with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because uh, you, know, you look at his stats with Seattle. I mean, so they're tremendous. Even last year, as bad as an offensive line they had, he still had 25 touchdowns and six picks. So pretty good. And uh, and 40 touchdowns the year before. Okay. Okay. But, I mean, uh, he left Seattle. He didn't take their coaching staff with him because, my goodness, I mean, how poor. So here's this funny story I heard about this week, and I think it's just another piling on of just a horrible year he's had. So they're flying out to London, and of course, 10, 10 hours from now, they're going to play the Jaguars there. For half the plane ride, he was doing his workout. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, Douglas, uh, are you kidding I mean, me? Douglas, and thanks for the call. I, I, Russell Wilson, if, if I was sitting on a plane, and, and I was trying to sleep on a transoceanic flight, and I've got this clown in the, the aisle doing his calisthenics, I would have turned around and smacked him and said, sit down. Sit down. I mean, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Also, too, I don't sleep on planes. I, I just don't. So it might be me being the, doing the one doing the can. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, that is ridiculous. That is, like, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Sit down. Oh, my God. I know. I know. It's crazy. David and Rockland, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, What's up, David? Good. How are you? Um, I want to make a point. It might sound totally ridiculous, but I really don't want Aaron Judge to sign with the Yankees. Let me explain. Okay. I, I just think that they're going to have the same team as this year. He's quickly going to he's going to 55 home runs, and he's going to hit 130 in the playoffs again. I, I just think they're not going to change. They need to rebuild this team. Uh, it's definitely a school of thought. I mean, it's it's a lot of money that you could be reallocating elsewhere because there is, let's face it, more than one hole on this team. Of course, definitely. Um, 
I don't know. I just think he means too much to that team to, to, to let him go. But I understand what you're saying. You know, I, I get it. I get the concept. And, and it's a real concept. And also, I think the worst deal that Brian Cashman has ever done was signing Aaron Boone to a uh, three-year extension. I, I don't think he's the one who does it, though. It's, it comes from ownership. Whatever, the ownership. But just like, yeah. you know, uh, why, why for three years? You sign him for a year and see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. But is it worth... Worse than Ellsbury? I don't know. That might be true, <laughs> but they weren't as good then. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I get it. But, I mean, listen, D- David, thanks for the call. They don't want someone in there that's going to buck the trend, for example, like Joe Girardi did. And he did it in Philadelphia, too, right? So they want someone who's just going to get the printout, get the script, and follow the script. And that's what it's going to be. And it's Aaron Boone, it's me, it's you, it's it's whoever. The shots are coming from somewhere else. And what I am most disappointed in is that nobody knows. I was talking to, in the, in the um, press conference room, I was talking to a reporter from Houston, and I said, you know, there's this concept of, like, you know, these, these guys, these analytics guys, right? And there's a concept that no one knows who the Yankees ones are. They never talk, you know, whatever. I said, do you know who the Houston Astro ones are? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we know. I'm like, wow, must be nice. Howard in Hewitt, New Jersey. You're up next here on The Fan. Actually, you just went over some of the stuff I was going to do. Oh, I was okay. actually hey. going to kind, kind of defend Boone, not entirely. Do you remember in the middle, middle beginning of the season, the Yankees were playing small ball, hitting and running, mm-hmm. bunting, stealing bases, mm-hmm. doing all sorts of stuff, and like a, a stopped on a dime. It went from doing all this exciting baseball to walk, strikeout, strikeout, walk, whatever. Uh-huh. And I do happen to think that it was the nerds in analytics that went to went to Steinbrenner and said, oh, yeah, maybe we're winning all these games, but we would have won more if, if, if Boone wouldn't do all these things. They're risky. It doesn't always work. And I, I really do believe that it was Steinbrenner who put a stop to it for whatever the reason. Yeah. This happened uh, in the shortened season when they had their good streak. They were doing all sorts of other things. And again, it just stopped. And I, I, I do agree with you. It's the analytics, whoever the, these people are. You know, and I'm going to say this. It is, these are the kid, people who in high school were beaten up. I think this oh. is their revenge. The analytics. nerd's revenge? Come what, on. What better, <laughs> Well, how else can you explain analytics? <laughs> how can we screw up all these sports? Oh. Let's get computers involved. Yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> well, Howard, sports are definitely not played on, on spreadsheets. I'll, I'll give you that. But let's not talk about people that were beat up in high school. That's a, that's a little harsh. But um, I, I want to get at the fact that there is no, especially around here, I mean, there is no, um, what's that word, transparency with those people that are making those decisions. What are their names? Where did they go to school? How, why, can't, why can't they explain the decision to take out Garrett Cole with the bases loaded and put in Lou Trevino, their fifth or sixth best reliever? You know, where are all these people to, to, to explain all this? That's a big, that's a problem that I have. And, uh, game sports are not played on spreadsheets. And, the faster the Yankees can figure that out, the better. 
Lou in Astoria. You're up next here, Lou. Hey, Coach, how are you? Thank you for taking the call. Hey, thanks for making it. What's up? Listen, quickly on the Mets, I remember when we was campaigning for Stanley Marte to become a Yankees, and the GM never went after him. I mean, if the, if the Mets would have Stanley Marte for that month, whatever it was that he was out, the Mets would be playing right now, and I know Philly is going to the World Series, but I think the Mets would have been right now playing the Houston Astros. That's my, that's my thing on that. Well, the Mets had a really good chance. Both one and Martez. Martez is very important. I know they would have won a couple of games yep. if he was there. Yep. And you, you know what I'm saying. Anyway. Yeah, he's, he, you know what, Lou, he was an important cog to that whole team and not having yeah, him in the yeah. lineup, especially the at the top. He was the one that put that team together. Yeah. And you know it. And yeah. very yeah, yeah. important, I know that he had a death in the family, still came back, and God bless him, he hit a home run. Now, you remember that incident. I mean, he was great for the team. Anyway, we're Yankee fans. Now, if Philadelphia wins the, the World Series, I don't know if you got my text, uh, my, my Twitter. Text? The five guys are going to get a ring. Okay. To be former Yankees. Yeah. You know who they are, right? Uh, uh, Kevin Long. Yeah. Uh, Georgie Ratty, even though he was uh, let go. Didi Gregorius. Yeah. Robertson. And the Thompson, which was interviewed by the GM. But when he was interviewed, he must have been too boss, too bossy. To be a, a puppet like uh, right. Aaron uh, Aaron Boone is right now, maybe that's why he was rejected. Okay, that's that's terrible. This guy, the GM has to go, and I don't know what else they're going to do. You know, when he had a chance to get a uh, Luis Castillo, too, he blew it. Okay, yeah. I mean, this guy, is, this guy. I mean, as, as Yankee fan, really, I mean, now you got the thing with Aaron uh, Aaron Judge. He has to let him go right now because if he signs him. Like the last goal I told you, when it comes to championship, okay, what our big salary is going to get with Stanton, with Donaldson, and Russo, it's, it's all over again in the, the shortstop. Sure. It's going to be not a great team for a championship contender. It's going to be another waste of year, okay? That's the way I look at it. Yeah, Lou, and, and guess Mariano, what? Uh, yeah, Mariano right. Rivera, what he said, and put Aaron Boone on the bus, he should have done better than that and said the GM is responsible for for the way the Yankees are playing right now. What's your thought on that? Yeah, Lou, and thanks for that. And, you know, I love the transparency from athletes, number one. You know, I love that. Uh, but I also have to correct you on that. D.D. Gregorius is not part of uh, this Phillies team. Uh, so four, I guess your total is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Brian Cashman continues to put out a lineup that is exactly the same year in and year out. And the Yankees make the postseason. They go deep into the postseason, and that's it. Period. And I guess the Steinbrenners are just happy with that. Uh, I'm Daniel McCartan. Uh, I will be with you till two here on the fan, 877-337-6666. I know we sent off the Yankees into the offseason with my trumpet here, but you know what? I never got a chance to send the Mets off as well. So I've got uh, a little rendition for the New York Mets coming up on the other side of this commercial break. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Carton after midnight here on the fan in New York City. Uh, we sent the Yankees off with a rousing rendition of Taps here live in the studio. I've got my trumpet in my hands. Actually, in fact, I'll be honest, it wasn't that good. It's probably the worst version of Taps I ever played. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. But, um, I mean, we'll just see. So it's um, 
it's only fitting that if we send the Yankees off to the offseason. And, I, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to do the Mets because I was on last week and it was after the Yankee game and the entire show was about the, like, the Yankees. I actually had to record my Jets and Giants predictions after the fact, after the show was over because we couldn't get to them. So um, I didn't have, obviously, time to even talk about the Mets. So here it is. Um, we will uh, have some last words on the Mets 2022 season. Um, we will reflect upon it. And Yankee calls still, too, of course. But um, I've got my trumpet right here. And uh, I will attempt to send the Mets off to the 2022 offseason in the most honorable way, the most respectable way that I know how, and that is to play uh, taps, as has been uh, kind of customary here. Uh, whenever a, a one of our team seasons ends, they get the taps treatment here on the McCartan Show. So um, I've got a little clip. I forget who I put in it, um, but you'll recognize some of the very important Mets and and, and their comments on that uh on that first round exit in the wild card for one game. All right, Sus, go ahead, roll it. You know, our goal was to win the World Series, and we failed. This is a kick in the balls. Um, look, you put, you sacrifice everything in your life to be able to go out there, and it doesn't work out. It's the worst day of the year. It's tough. Um, I mean, we've talked very, very quickly, but just the group that we had, how close we were um, to fall short, it's, 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 it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I had a number of conversations with, with Steve, um, and uh, yeah, he's uh, you know giving me that uh, you know that that nod to to continue to make decisions, um, you know, spitball with him on ideas, which we were even last night uh, via text. Yeah, and that by the way, that was a much better rendition than the Yankee one. But that right at the end, that voice of Billy Epler is the most concerning part. It's the most, on this Halloween weekend, it is the most frightening part of that entire rendition. When Billy Epler says that Steve Cohen is giving him the nod to continue to make decisions. Sure, he brought in Max Scherzer. Anyone could have done that. Anyone could do that with money. Me, you, anybody could have done that with Steve Cohen's bank account. And, and the foundation that was already there for the bets. Max Scherzer was the obvious choice across the league this offseason. But the Mets' catastrophic performance at the trade deadline, led by Billy Epler, the man who Steve Cohen has already decided he's going to keep, that, that performance was, was a disaster. And it's going to be something that holds this team back for years to come. Why is Billy Epler liked? Because he didn't trade the farm? Okay. Well, how about how he failed, flat out failed, to, to, to address the designated hitter's position? Or how, how he allowed the catcher position to continue to be an offensive black hole? How he failed to address the bullpen at the trade deadline when David Robertson, who's now pitching in the World Series, was out there to get? Or how about the fact that he brought off Francisco Alvarez completely and utterly too late for him to even try to make a difference at the major league level for this club. I mean, he was on his way home. Talk about non-communication. He, they had to turn the car around in South Carolina, I think it was. I mean, these are all things that you and I talked about right here on this show. That's allowed? I guess it is. Michael Givens, Darren Ruff, 
Daniel Vogelback, who who I called a half a DH the minute that move happened right here live on the fan. And, and Tyler Naquin, who didn't even make the wild card roster, that's the haul at the trade deadline? This You're keeping this guy? We talked about it at the time, right here on this show, how these moves were subpar and how these moves were not good enough. 101 wins in a, a regular, now's our chance type of season that the Mets were having. 101 wins with a roster that is about to turn over completely and one, one postseason win to show for it. Just one. To me, it's completely unacceptable. And to me, I would not trust Billy Epler to make any decisions on my club moving forward if I were the owner of the Mets. Period. Stop. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. Suss is standing by. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn. You're up next here on The Fan, Artie. Hey, Danny. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Artie? Okay. Losing my voice a little bit. So, I, you know, when I go to the check game tomorrow, <laughs> maybe I won't be screaming as much, but, you know, hopefully it'll come back with a win. Hopefully. But I do want to, yeah, I do want to bring up this. They will not be what I want them to be. Unless Wilson proves that he's worth the number two pick. Yeah. And I'm not willing to wait. Next year, the Green Bay Packers are not making the playoffs this year. The Rams and Tampa arguably made the moves to get the best possible quarterback. Mm-hmm. If it could happen, would you pull the trigger and give them whatever they want for Aaron Rodgers? And you think that's possible? No, Artie, I'll tell you why. I, and I know Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame you know, quarterback. I, I get all that. I, I do understand that. However, Aaron, when I watch Aaron Rodgers play with my, my own two eyeballs, I watch a guy that is unable to make the throws. Uh, it, it really stuck out to me in the Giant game. I, I watched him very closely in that game. He was missing guys wide. He was missing guys short. He was missing guys high. And these are like short throws. These are like 10 to 20-yard passes. You know, old Aaron Rodgers would be able to thread those through. So um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a steep decline. I-, I wouldn't do it. It's like Brett Favre 2.0. Uh, okay, number number two. Yeah. And I just got to get your opinion. When I saw Gardner. Uh, Gardner, Sauce Gardner. Like yes. Sauce Gardner. Yeah. He looks to me like he's the best wide receiver on the team. But he is not a cornerback because... He's more, more a Cromartie guy. If you see him when he's going to tackle, he wants no part of it. Hmm. He led the team in tackles because his receivers were catching like these five-yard bets. He's great on goal patterns because of his legs, but to me, he's a free safety ready to happen. He was not the first quarterback taken. Okay, the Texans took it. I don't know how he's doing in Texas, but to me, that was the reason why they took Stingley, I want to get your input. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate your call. Yeah, Artie, thanks for making it. Um, Stingley, I want a no part of in my pre-draft workup. I want a no part of Stingley, and I, I, I could pull it up, and I, we can explain why, but I remember Stingley was a no-go on me. I liked Sauce Gardner, but I didn't want to uh, believe the hype of Sauce Gardner at the time. Uh, I said he had to you know, work on his footwork with the right coaching. He could be good. Sauce Gardner's good, man. I mean, so good that 
you know me and my Jets jersey curse. I mean, I, I stopped buying Jets jerseys. Actually, what I buy now, my last two that I bought was um, uh, Joe Namath and Mark Gassineau. So that's where I'm at in terms of like giant, uh, Jets jersey buying. You know, this morning I found myself on NFL shop looking at a Sauce Gardner green authentic jersey. My friend talked me out of it. I almost did it. I am so bought into Sauce Gardner. He he is one of the premier cornerbacks in the league. He him and 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 Reed on each corner shut down cornerbacks. Literally in and every like like Revis Island Sunday Sauce. Like we got to come up with a nickname for it because Sauce Gardner, he's too good. You cannot take him out of that cornerback spot. You just can't. He's just too good. Sorry about that. I, I'm gonna disagree. Uh, let's go to Chris in Staten Island. You're up next here on the fan. Hey, what's going on? Um, listen, you're talking about the Mets. You know about you think they uh, pretty much uh, you know did whatever with the bed, but uh, you know they had a three to five year window gap that they're looking to pretty much be in a you know, be in a World Series. Sure. I mean, you have you have a great coach that is you know he's not going to perform a miracle in one year, even though he kind of did with 101 wins. All right, and you know that's 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 the first thing. Okay, um, two. With Judge, everybody's saying no. We, oh, wait, Chris, I don't what, think they should. Was, you, Chris, wait. Well, let's I'm back sorry. up for a sec. What I was talking Go about ahead. was, I, I like that Mets team could have could have really done it this year ahead of schedule. Sh- had their GM made the moves that were necessary at the trade yeah. deadline to to make it happen. Yeah, well, they're, they're uh, ahead without the trade. You know, before the trade deadline for 175 games. And then they, you know, then they just could they they kind of crapped the bed pretty much and let Atlanta just pretty much run all over them. Yeah, because so, because they didn't have the, the, the Atlanta got better. The Mets didn't. Yeah, the Mets got I know. Worse. They well, maybe they as did. much as I hate yeah, JD Davis, Chris. As much as I hate JD Davis, he could have been the DH on this team. They traded him away for what? For who? Come on. Uh, the Mets. The yeah. Mets could have gone so much farther into this postseason had Billy Epler made pressed the right buttons at the trade deadline. Instead, he's got literally nothing to show for it. A guy who didn't even make the wild card roster. Come on. Uh, it happens. I mean, you know, baseball has a mind of its own. I've been saying that my whole life. Um, two. Everybody's talking about Judge. Uh, I do not know if you're going to see another player. Coming out, I mean, granted he's thirty years old, but you know, coming off a sixty-two, you know, home run, you know, sixty-two home run year, um, batting, you know, batting three, three eleven, I believe it was, with one hundred and thirty RBIs, making everybody on his in the lineup better, and you know, he's going to be the next Yankee captain. You talk, you talk about Boone, yeah, how he, you know, you don't think he's a he was a great coach, and you know, blah blah blah. Listen, the only coach I think the Yankees would accept. Someone like maybe like you know Don Mattingly, um, because one he would definitely be bringing more fan you know bigger fan base in there, and I think he's a I actually think he's a bigger baseball guy than Boone, and he know and he knows the business more. I think he's a bigger um, baseball guy than Boone, but a manager is not going to fill the seats in a stadium, no matter who it is. Uh, yeah, well, I you don't think Mattingly would fill that you know would fill that seat you fill seats more than. Uh, you know that team. I would definitely could, be going to see Mattingly more as a coach than you know than Boone. So how but, many how many Marlins games did you go to this year when they played here? It's yeah. I mean, come on. You, you see Mattingly, you pinch stripes, and then in him and Fish Blue is a, is a. It's it doesn't it doesn't work. It's no not, one's you coming know, to the games to see the, the manager except for you, Chris. I guess. But go ahead. Okay, but you know, again, I think you know the Yankees are going to have to stick with Judge. I. Um, and really, 
they're going to have to pay him whatever he wants. You're not going to get another play of him for, you know, for some years. What you know, you know, I don't see where Yankee fans are sitting there. You know, they got to get rid of him. They got to get rid of him. There is nobody they're going to get to replace this man and who's going to make better who's going to make people around him better. Yes. So, I mean, that's pretty much what I want to say. I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, Chris, and, and you're right. I mean, Aaron Judge is is I call him a unicorn. I mean, he hits for average, he hits for power, all that. All of those things Aaron Judge does well. He makes the lineup better. He, he, you know, all of it. You said it all. Problem is, he's going to be looking for a long-term deal, and he's going to be 31 in, in April. And it's like, how many years do you give him? He's going to get to AAV. We talked about that last, you know, months ago. He's going to get to AAV. It's just a matter of how many years are you willing to give him? Will the Yankees give him that long-term contract? That, you know, Yankee till you're 40 kind of contract. I don't know. I, I don't know. Would I? Yeah, I, I probably would. I know it's a tough decision, but, but I would probably do it. Um, and an outfielder that's old. Maybe you transitioned him to a different position. Maybe you make him the full-time DH. Maybe you move Stanton to accommodate that. I don't know. But for me, I, I'm doing it. He means too much to this team, too much to, to Major League Baseball um, in order to, to not do it. So... Excuse me, I almost choked on on nothing. (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, 877-337-6666 is the phone number. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 2 here on The Fan. Go for it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. After midnight here on The Fan in New York City, about a little over an hour left. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. If you cannot get through, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, of course. Twitter, I have live, and I just got a a tweet from, let me scroll up to the top here, Uh, Pete. He says, I can't wait for baseball season to start so I could buy tickets to see Aaron Boone coach. Right. Referring to the caller that just said that Don Mattingly would bring in more people to the ballpark if he was manager. Can't make it up here, guys. You just can't make it up. 877-337-6666. It's been a hodgepodge kind of night. My favorite kind of night because it goes fast. Jets. uh, Jets Patriots. Big game. Giants versus Geno Smith. We really haven't talked much Giants so far. Um, and, of course, the big topics of the night are the two baseball teams who are now home on vacation and golfing, and or golfing, maybe golfing on vacation. Uh, I, I've got no faith in Billy Epler uh, as GM of the Mets. Um, and, like it or not, Brian Cashman will be back as Yankees GM, hopefully with a brand-new set of architectural plans to build a team that can actually win the World Series. Kind of sets the table, I think. And we've got a literally a, a hodgepodge on the calls here. Let's go to Linda in Forest Hills. You're up on a fan, Linda. Go ahead. Hi, Danielle. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Um, I just wanted to say to you, especially, thank you for saying everything that you said about Billy Epler tonight. Because 
Ever since the trade deadline, I feel like I've been alone screaming into the void about this man. Really? And how he and how miserably he failed this team at the at the trade deadline. Yes. You know, the Mets had their share of injuries, obviously, with Jake going down and Max going down at you know certain points during the season, mm-hmm. and. We all saw the team persevere while their two aces were on the shelf. Yeah, yes. So you would think that Billy Epler, who has a team that is playing well despite their injuries Mm -hmm. and has a window to really go for the jugular Mm -hmm. and make a statement by, you know, possibly making it to the World Series, you'd think that he would you know, act accordingly at the trade deadline, and he failed absolutely miserably. Absolutely. He did. You know, and I'm sorry, and just, uh, you know, your job as a GM is to look at your team at the trade deadline, evaluate the team's needs, and shore them up accordingly to ensure that they have the best chance to win. Yes. And he wanted, and he wants to sell us on a platoon yep. situation at the DH position, an important position like the DH with Darren Ruff and 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 Vogel back. Yep. When you already have offensive black holes, exactly my words, exactly offensive black holes at catcher already. Yep. You know, Marte. Once Marte goes down. You know, you have no offense there. It's just it's it's a hundred and one win season is basically for naught. Yes, it 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 was just for nothing. And I've been a Mets fan. I've I've I was around in nineteen ninety nine. That disappointment. I saw the Yankees celebrate on Shea Stadium ground. Okay, I was around for that. This this probably is to me the most disappointed I have been. As a Mets fan, and I, I blame, absolutely blame Billy Epler, and I have no trust in him uh, to evaluate talent during the season. You know, it's, it's easy. It's easy to take a, a blank check from Steve Cohen and yeah. say, here, sign on the dial, dotted line. Yep. However much you want, it's yours. Yes. But, you know, when you, when you can't evaluate need, team need, and talent, in the moments where you have the chance yep. to improve on the team, I I can't trust you. I can't. Yep, Linda, I'm totally and completely with you. Completely. And thank you for the call. Yeah, thank th- you. Thanks for making it, Linda. Um, I totally and completely with you. You you articulated it perfectly. The Mets had needs. Billy Epler did not address them. Therefore, the Mets were one game and done in the postseason, and in a postseason that was setting up to be to be magical for the Mets. Seriously. And the ineptitude of Billy Epler held them back. And Steve Cohen is now bringing him back. Or planning to bring him back. Yikes. Yikes. Anybody can spend the money. Max Scherzer, he was going somewhere and it was going to be for money. It wasn't via trade. You've got the wallet of Steve Cohen. You brought Max Scherzer in. 
Wow, beautiful. I could have done that. Literally, I could have done that myself. Trade deadline, epic fail for New York Mets. Ben and Queens, you're up next on the fan, Ben. Go ahead. Morning, Coach. Um, tonight's game, all that proved is Houston will give you a chance to get back into the game every time. Yes. It's whether you got the cojones to, to buckle down and hit the ball. And think about it. Kyle Swarber was two feet total away from making that a 5-3 game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Two feet. Two feet. Um, just like, hey, the Yanks were literally the same distance away when you c- uh, compare where Judge's ball landed and, and Stanton's ball landed. You know so, what? We all blasted Aaron Boone for like making fun of that. You know, the roof was open, all that, and, and it became a joke on the internet. But you know what? <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, I, uh, Max Goodman did the comp between Judge's ball and that ball, and, mm-hmm. and Judge's ball should have been out too. It was yeah. hit harder. It was hit at a higher launch angle, and it was hit, I think, a foot or two farther or something like that. Yeah. I forget. Um, hey, hey, Coach, I think it's about time for us to spit our regular uh, refrain as a Knicks fan. Thank God we didn't sign Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, and in a week, in a week, where you seen what Kanye did, you go and do this. It's like he's jealous that someone's got the crazy spotlight pointed at someone other than him. Just, just help me. Uh, well, at least, at least you know what. My Knicks got a nice young core. Mm-hmm. I'm knocking on wood. They just let them run, just like the Rangers. Nice young core. Yep. Knock on wood. Let them run. That brings me to my other young team, the Jets. Mm-hmm. I know we just lost Hall, but it's been years, guys. These Pats aren't good. For the love of everything that's holy, football gods, Robert Sala, don't do what you did in Denver. Don't choke, okay? Because you tried everything to give Denver that game, and, you know, Denver's offense just sucks. Don't go giving Belichick extra chances. Yes. For, for everything that's holy, if the running game is working, I don't need you to... Give the ball to Zach Wilson and say, win us this game. Mm-hmm. No. No, 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 no. If the running game's working against the pen, keep on running the ball. Yeah. I actually <laughs> had uh, I, I had a free bet, a $5 free bet on BetMGM, the app that I just used just because I got it and I could just say it. I don't know. Maybe it's against rules here, but I got a $5 free bet and I bet accidentally I did Zach Wilson anytime touchdown score. I really wanted to do Zach Wilson two or more touchdowns, but – I got him at any time, so I, I feel pretty confident in that one. Understand this, Coach. You know me. We've talked, what, last three years? Yeah. Give or take a long time. Yep. Understand this. I just saw Brees Hall run 40 yards, 50 yards, dicing up Denver to get you into the red zone. And then you go with Zach Wilson, and he throws one into, like, triple coverage. Yep. One out of the back of the end zone. And then he does a little squaggle type thing where Garrett Wilson is running the opposite way of the field with one person behind him. I don't know who he's intent. And I'm just like, Brees Hall's right there. <laughs> just give it to what, him. What, what, it to what him. are you doing? Well, where's Michael Carter at? Can I get Michael Carter back in this game? We don't need Zach to be 
Aaron Aaron Rodgers, and for the love of God, hey caller, you 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 pay attention to managers and stuff so closely, right? But you want Aaron Rodgers to be our quarterback? No way. How how do you pay close attention to managers and not see what Aaron Rodgers is doing? Yeah. You hey, as a Jet fan, I got to see Aaron Rodgers play close up. I got to see this and. Those receivers were there for him, everybody except for Zoss, because Zoss was all over his guy, whoever he was. But those receivers were open, and he's throwing it into the ground. He's throwing it two feet above their heads, and he's coming back. And and believe it or not, him and Brady got the same problem. Yeah, I know. (laughs) For folks who are thinking, oh, I'm getting uh, an all-pro, all-time quarterback. No. It's like Brett Favre 2.0. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So Forget about so, it. Yeah. And as far as the Giants go, I don't really see them winning in, in Seattle, but they can. The thing is, don't get into this tendency, just like how I said, don't let, let Zach Wilson win the game. Don't do that with Daniel Jones here. The, the reason that Jags game was close was because you kind of just went off script a little bit. And then, oh, yeah, remember, we got Barkley in the backfield. And at least he remembered. Salah did it. Remember you got Barkley. This, is this Seattle team, no. They score a lot of the times because that defense gets them the ball in tolerable field position. Don't give them any extra chances. Mm-hmm. Coach, once again, thank you for the time. Enjoy. Talk to you next week. Yeah, you got it, Ben. Thanks for the call there. I've got my Jets and Giants picks coming up. Don't worry. I do have that coming on uh, your way. Uh, let's see. Doug in Syracuse. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, Daniel? Good. How are you? I'm just driving up to Syracuse after escaping the five boroughs. It's just a pleasure to be on an interstate that has no cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don't even talk about the traffic. I took me almost two hours. It, no, it took me two hours to get here today. It, it usually takes 45 minutes. It's ridiculous. I, I was... I was on the Long Island Expressway the other day, and I was in the fast lane. Tell me, how does it happen that you're in the fast lane and you come to a complete <laughs> stop? I mean, you're, the speed limit's 55, and you're just stopped in your car doing nothing. Yep. How does that happen? I don't, believe me, if I had the answer to that, I'd be a millionaire. So I was calling about Judge, but I'm actually going to dovetail into Billy Epler because I'm a longtime Mets fan. Mm-hmm. And and you can tell Linda, your previous caller. I remember when the, when the Mets got Willie Mays at the tread at the uh, yes. trade deadline, yep. seventy three, and he took them all the way to the World Series and kind of faded. But what are you going to do if Billy Epler with Uncle Steve's money lands actually lands Aaron Judge? Yeah, but Doug, are that's you, easy to do. You and I could do that. We could write know, a blank check know, to Aaron Judge. What, what if he does? What if what if Epler actually goes out and catches the big white whale and Aaron Judge is in royal blue pinstripes next year? Yeah, what well, are you going to say then? I'm going to say that it was Steve Cohen's money that attracted him. It wasn't anything Billy Epler did. Okay, okay, but he still signed him, and that's the point. Uncle Steve's money can cover up a lot of mistakes. It couldn't cover up a DH position this year or a black hole catcher's position. Money can't solve that, and Billy Epler didn't make the move to address it, or a relief pitcher for that matter. How long has Epler been general manager of the New York Mets? Who cares? Are you going to tell me he's inexperienced? How do you get experience? 
Not, oh, yeah. uh, for, uh, you know what? I said Danielle. this, Doug. I said this, oh. Doug. I said this when he was hired. You cannot hire with that pocketbook. You cannot hire a man that that uh, is learning on the job. I said it the day de- de- leading up to his hiring. That's what I said, and here we are. How, how did how did uh, Michaels when he built those Yankee teams? How did he get his? He was a scout first. He was a scout first. He still had uh, Steinbrenner's pocketbook. Yeah, but he was a scout first. He can he can he can assess a team, know where the the the, the pitfalls are on a team. Doug, and I'm up against it here. He can assess it, know where the pitfalls are against you know whatever, and address it appropriately. He was a scout. Billy Epler, I'm looking real quick. I mean, Epler is well versed in the statistics of baseball. Yeah, statistics of baseball. Statistics didn't help him finding a DH or or a catcher or uh, a relief pitcher. That's for sure. That's for damn sure at the trade deadline. Eight seven seven three. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. McCartan after midnight here on the fan in New York City. A hodgepodge of topics, that's for sure. Uh, my non-confidence in Billy Epler to build the Mets at the trade deadline based on the fact that he, he failed to do it this past trade deadline. Um, that's kind of where the conversation has gone. Of course, taking your Yankees calls as well. And you know what's funny? As I sit here and as you listen here on, on the 30th of October... Um, I have the NFL's, believe it or not, playoff picture pulled up on the computer. Believe it or not, I know, this is crazy. If the season ended today, the Jets would have the five seed in the AFC conference, you know, playoff, and the Giants would also have the five seed. I mean, is this nuts? What world are we living in? This is, this is, this is exciting. It's exciting times here. And, and you know, I don't know if I should go into a little bit more of a Jets topic here. Uh, no, let's let it roll with uh, what's on the board. Um, I also want to touch on the fact that Maldonado used – did you hear? Uh, maybe you weren't listening in the open. Martin Maldonado used an illegal bat in game one of the World Series, and it came out during the second inning of the World Series game. I mean, the Houston Astros are still cheating. I mean, what else are they doing? You know what I'm saying? So essentially what happened was the bat – who he said he said was a gift from uh, Albert Pujols, okay? But anyway, the bat, the circumference of of the actual like sweet spot spot of the bat was too big. There was too much surface area. The bats now, the the rule was changed in the, in uh, the year twenty ten. The bats now are a little bit more narrow. So essentially, any player that was using that model of bat before the year 2010 was grandfathered in and allowed to use it, including Pujols. Hmm. Is the home run record illegitimate now? I don't know. Judge used a standard size bat. Just saying. So, um, Maldonado uses a, a too fat of a bat, essentially, and gets caught doing it. How long was he doing it before game one? Who caught him, and what else are they doing? Some things never change. Houston cheating asterisks. Mark in Bayside, you're up next here on the fan. 
Oh, hi, Danielle. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Mark? Uh, great. Yeah, I read about that. I, I, I couldn't believe uh, the Astros are, are still up to doing these things. I mean, I mean Maldonado, I mean, uh, you know, you, you would think after what's happened in the past that they, they would have learned from that. You would that? Who knows? Anyway, what I want to talk to you about is that the two Yankees that performed well in the playoffs, Anthony Rizzo and Harrison Bader. Yep. What I wanted to mention first about Harrison Bader, that uh, he looked really great, I thought, in the leadoff spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he uh, provided uh, timely hitting, uh, some power. He could steal bases. Yep. Uh, he, he, he provides some energy, which uh, is something that, that was missing from the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So looking ahead to next year, I think they should seriously consider you know, uh, putting him in the leadoff spot. Well, what do you think about that? Well, I, I totally was a proponent for it, but then what happened was they dropped him back to sixth the very next day or fifth the very next day, and I'm trying to figure out what changed in those 24 hours. I know. That made, that made absolutely no sense. They finally put him in the leadoff spot again uh, for game uh, four, you know, yeah. and he provided a spark and got three hits. So uh, I, I hope... Uh, that when they're trying to figure out a lineup for next year, they think he's the right guy to have the top of the board. I do love, I, I would love a, a Ben and Bader combo, one, two, I would say. Yeah. Well, do you think uh, Ben and is going to be uh, re signed by the Yankees? I love Ben and and I love everything that he brings to the field. I really do. I would love no, I to bring him great. back. I, I, mean, I really would love to see it. The one thing I wanted to mention to you is about uh, Rizzo. Yeah. Uh, when I was watching the post game after the Yankees was swept, they were asking him about Judge. And I noticed, you know, over, over the course of the last year and a half years with the Yankees, he's gotten very close to Judge. Yep. And Judge is kind of a private person like Jeter. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to let on too much of what he's thinking. Sure. And uh, Rizzo just gave some insight. He, he was saying that uh, he, he could tell every day when he sees him, that he, uh, he loves being a Yankee, that uh-huh. uh, he, he loves everything about, you know, uh, performing well at the stadium and sure. and about the pinstripes. And um, he thinks that uh, if the Yankees give him the kind of offer that he deserves, plus being captain of the Yankees, and, and he would be the rightful heir uh, to Derek Jeter being the captain, that, that, that he would consider it. Sure. I personally think, that the Yankees should go all out between now and the end of the World Series to, to try to give him some kind of offer right off the table, uh, you know, as soon as the season ends. He's still going to go, uh, uh, you know, to see what the Giants are going to offer. Of course. And I don't think the Giants can match whatever the Yankees are going to offer. The Dodgers certainly can, you know. But I, I would like to think that if, if the Yankees show him you know, right, you know, with, as soon as the season ends, if they have this offer prepared, you give them, let's say, something like, uh, you know, well, let's say $38 million over eight years, let's say $380 million mm-hmm. with an option for two. I don't know if they would give them the 10. Maybe they would. But I think they'd have to come close to at least, at least $400 million to get them. Certainly they have the resources to do it. And, and, and if you look at the history of the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees have always found a way uh, to sign their, uh, their 
they're uh, good plays. I mean, yeah, but Mark, not I recently. Mean, uh, that, that's that's the the troublesome part. Not recently. And you know, here's here's how I would do. If I were the GM of the Yankees, right, I would offer Aaron Judge a front loaded contract. Front load the whole thing. So like, whatever the numbers are, let's just say it's. $45 million a year to start. Years one through three of the deal will be at $45 million, or even $50 million. One through three or one through four will be at that price. Every year after that, it'll go incrementally down so that if he does sputter, if he does derail, well, then it's it's a little bit more palatable to a team that wants to take on his contract. You know what I'm saying? So, like, at the end of the deal, maybe it's he's making $25 million a year. After you know, after eight years or something, he's making only just twenty five million dollars a year. Well, that's a little bit more easy to to move rather than the 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40 every year. It's it's unmovable. I e John Carlos Stanton, right? So that's kind of how I would do it. I'm not a GM. I'm not a finance person. That's just a logical sort of setup for me. If if I were in the front office of the Yankees, that's what I would do. Uh, okay, in the order that you called, Mark in North Carolina. What's up, Mark? Hey, Danielle, love your show. Thank um, you. Thanks for taking my call. Of course, thanks for um, making it. I'm a, I've been a Met fan for like 50 years, and this was like really painful at the end of the season, especially watching the Phillies in the playoffs yep. instead of us. But here's a few things I would like to say. I think Billy Effler, I agree with you, did a horrible job, right? And they could have just kept J.D. Davis, and they would have been better off. Yep. But what I would have done is that last month of the season, Don Smith was raking it in the minors. I was wondering why they didn't bring him up because he's the he was an emotional, you know, type of person, an emotional leader in a way. Mm-hmm. I thought he could have helped make a difference. And the way I looked at it is, winning the division was was really critical for that team, given their age and in certain areas, to be able right. to set them up for the playoffs. Right. And if they would have had. One game they had to win in Atlanta. One lousy game, right? Yep, couldn't do it. I was, you know, Dom Smith might have done it. Might have helped them instead of having Bolabach in there who well, clogs up the bases and is just is just really, you know, really just really not very good. So, but Mark, the other thing, here's the thing, now, yeah. Mark. I, I did mm-hmm. look that up because that was a change yep. that I would have liked to have made too. However, yep. the last 15 games in minor league, Dom Smith hit 179. The last oh, seven okay. games in minor league, oh fifty. Okay, so that's I why. take it back. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> but the other thing, the other thing is, is um, you know, the other thing I noticed, like so, Sterling Marte, right? He came and came back for the for the for the series against um, against um, San Diego. Yeah, right. If he could have played like that Atlanta series, I know they made that special splint for his finger, and you know, just the emotional you know, um, leadership that he could have been given them on the field. I don't know. Maybe he just, he just figured wasn't ready and they couldn't do it, but yeah. it just, I just, that to me might've helped. But the thing that I hope they do next year, right. Is I am, I'm lobbying. I don't think they're going to keep Nimmo. I think he's going to get too much money from somebody else. It's talking like 120 million. I wouldn't invest it in him, mm-hmm. but I was hoping, I hope they get Trey Turner, sign him. Oh, for Trey Turner would be fantastic. Move, move. And then listen to this. It's better to get. So you put him at second, you get to put McNeil in right field, which is a good position for him. Mm-hmm. And Marte goes back to second. Oh to man. Field, which is his natural position. So, and then if Jake doesn't sign, you have Nimmo's money and with Jake's money to go after a couple, you know, 
number two starters. So you might not have a really good number. Like Jeff Scherzer's number one. You might have a couple twos or a couple threes in the middle instead of Jake if he decides to leave. Of course. But can you imagine if we had Trey Turner in our lineup? Trey and, and Turner. Yes. It, Mark, I'm glad you brought him up. Trey Turner would be – the Yankees won't do it because they don't like speedy guys that make contact. He would, So he would be a perfect Yankee. He would. But the Yankees won't do it. Trey Turner would be a perfect Met. Perfect. And I could tell you that when he was traded to the Dodgers – when he was moved to the Dodgers, maybe I shouldn't say the Yankees won't do it because they thought either that call was going to be New York or L.A., New York Yankees or L.A. Dodgers. I could tell you that. And they didn't know what it was going to be up until it was the Dodgers, ultimately. So maybe the Yankees will will do that. But if they're giving Judge money out, they're not giving Trey Turner money out. So Trey Turner on the Mets makes a ton of sense. He's a fantastic player. Uh, uh, do it. Uh, there's not enough good things that I could say about Trey Turner. There's really not. Evan in Ocean County, New Jersey. You're up on the fan. Hey, hey, thank you. I appreciate your job, and I think you do a great job. Not always up this late, but thank you. And when I do, I appreciate the job you're doing. Thanks. Um, I didn't want to talk about the Mets. Of course. Of course. Um, go ahead. I did have a quick question for you. So if you were Billy, hopefully – He's being replaced soon or getting another person to get in there soon. Um, if you were him, who would you go after internally that's a Met free agent mm, and then question. externally? Yeah, good question. Um, oof, uh, uh, thanks for it. Do you want to hang on? Do you want to hear the answer? Do you want me to hang up on you so you can hear it? Uh, I would love to hang on. Okay. All right, Evan. All right, so that's a really good question. Um, if I'm the Mets, I- I'm making a really good offer to Aaron Judge. That's one, especially since they're moving in uh, the outfield to make way for a fan attraction, which I can only surmise might be the new judges' chambers. Okay, I'm just saying that. I didn't read that. You know, I didn't. I, I didn't see that anywhere. That's my own logic. Okay, I would make a really good run at Aaron Judge if I were the Mets uh, externally. If not, Trey Turner is 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 fantastic. He is a, a complete player. Like I just said, there, there's not enough good things I could say about him and his fit. Uh that would be the external ones. Internally, uh, you, you got to love what Brandon Nimmo is doing in center field. You, you got to love it. I know the Rockies are interested. Uh, I know, I, I, I think he grew up a Rockies fan. I think. I think I asked him that once. Um, ah, I'd have to get back to you on that one. Because he's from Nebraska, right? So I think he was a Rocky fan growing up. I think I remember him telling me. Anyway, it's, it's irrelevant. Uh, internally, I would say, uh, I would say Nimmo, but if DeGrom wants to return on a really good number because of his injury history and all of that, uh, I would, I would consider that too. Those would be my top two, I think for the Mets, uh, as of right now, as of right now, uh, Phil in Manhattan, you're up next here on the fan. Yes. Good morning. Morning. If I was the owner of the New York Yankees, yep. which I'm not, but if I was, there'd be only three players that I would re-sign. That would be... Uh, Wait, can I guess? Phil, can I guess? That would be... Uh, it would not be Aaron Judge. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that right guess. now. It would be Harrison Bader. And it would be possibly uh, the first baseman, uh, Rizzo, and Josh Donaldson. And let me tell you why I would re-sign Josh Donaldson. Okay. 
I was at Yankee Stadium on August 18th when Donaldson hit that walk-off Grand Slam home run against the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm -hmm. That was one of the greatest single hits and greatest single wins maybe in the history of baseball, as far as I'm concerned. I witnessed that. That happened after midnight. It was a beautiful thing. It happened in almost empty Yankee Stadium, and that made a definite impression on me regarding Josh Donaldson. Then I was at Yankee Stadium again on September 22nd when Donaldson hit, got a walk-off single against the Boston Red Sox to propel the Yankees to a 5-4 win. So I saw Josh Donaldson uh, get walk-off hits not only once, and not only once, but twice. And on top of that, I've seen Donaldson make some of the most incredible plays on third base. Mm -hmm. At third base, as a fielder, going deep into the hole to throw runners out. Mm -hmm. And so I really get very annoyed when I hear uh, all kind of comments vilifying Josh Donaldson. I mean, he's just a great ball player. And regarding Aaron Judge... Wait a second. Now we've got a few different topics going now, on here. Phil, now, hold on one second. Aaron, Phil, hold on a second. Aaron Judge. Phil, Phil uh, hold what? on a second. Hold on. Okay, okay. Hold okay. on. We've got a lot of points going on here. Let me... Let me let me. It's not a not a monologue here. So let me tell you something. Um, Josh Donaldson, his glove and his arm, his arm especially, fantastic. Um, I, I love that you were there for the the walk offs and all that. Um, but uh, and let's let's get the terminology right for everybody. I think Phil, what you mean is you mean like bring back. Like these are the guy. Everybody else you would send packing. These are the three guys you would want to keep as the nucleus of yes. your team. Okay. All right. Uh, the only thing, and I know really no Yankees hit in the postseason, one seventy two. In the postseason this year, Josh Donaldson. That's the only thing. And I know none of the Yankees hit. I understand that. Rizzo and Bader did. And I know no one else did. But his bat went cold in, 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 in really crucial moments. Strikeouts, etc. That's the one thing I will say. Okay, one other comment. I appreciate your comments uh, as well. I really do. Now, one other comment sure. about Aaron Judge. Up until the playoffs, I was... There was no person who rooted more ecstatically for Aaron Judge than me, okay? I loved Aaron Judge as a player. I went to Yankee Stadium at least 20 times this year, specifically to see Aaron Judge play. Yep. Now, his 16 strikeouts in the playoffs really, to me, uh, uh, reduced the luster of his star. and. Uh, and I can't, I can't forget that. That was just an atrocious performance. He came up very, very small. When Bryce Harper has over 20 base hits uh, at the same time, you know, uh, in, in the playoffs, mm -hmm. you know, for the Phillies. And so I can't forget that. I mean, I, I get it there, Phil. I, I do understand it. And, and I do, you know, he's, he's the face of the franchise, the whole thing. But again, I point to Josh Donaldson hitting, what did I say, 179? Judge 139, nobody hit. I, I get it. I totally get it. I think it's got to be an adjustment. Um, you know, the, the home run thing, it, it, gets, it gets exposed. That whole mentality of hit a home run or, or, or not or strike out, it, 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 um, it gets exposed against good pitching. And that's exactly what happened with this Yankee team. I mean, Josh Donaldson at times looked silly, swinging literally out of his cleats, helmets falling off, this and that. I mean, he, makes, he made no adjustment to the pitching, none. At the plate. So defensively, plus plus. At the plate, a lot to be desired from both him and Josh Donaldson this postseason. Definitely. I agree. 877-337-6666. Uh, we could talk a little tiny bit maybe about 
Uh, Elijah Moore requesting a trade. Then I'll give you my picks. And, of course, your Jets and Giants calls as well. Yankees and Mets as well. Um, with you till 2. Mike Fliegelman comes your way then. 877-again, 337-6666. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. City, thanks for hanging in. My name is Danielle McCartan with you till two. Mike Fliegelman comes your way then. Uh, I did want to touch on this Elijah Moore drama because he is going to be active, uh, I guess, later today at this point. He's going to be active later today after sitting out a week because of these ridiculous trade requests that that he made for the Jets for, or from the Jets. Um, my reaction to the whole thing is like, dude, like, read the room, right? So the best way they say to resolve conflict is to you know, put yourself in the other person's shoes. Okay. We've got outside perspectives here. Me, you, all of us. Because you and I are not inside the Jets training facility every single day, nor are we named Robert Sala, Elijah Moore, Joe Douglas, Woody, or Christopher Johnson. Okay? But as an athlete, you know, I did the best I could to put myself in his shoes, and I can understand his frustration, but not his ridiculous request to be moved. Elijah Moore had 86 receptions his senior year at Ole Miss. The next closest, the guy had 27. 86 to 27, okay? That's the drop-off. So the offense clearly ran through and revolved around Elijah Moore in college. And if I could guess, for his entire life, he was probably always the best player on his team wherever he was. But then he got to the NFL, and it just doesn't revolve around him. And at the time of the trade request, he was the fifth targeted guy on the Jets roster. And um, you don't have to go look it up. Garrett Wilson was the, had the most targets at the time of his request. Corey Davis, Tyler Conklin was third, and Brees Hall was fourth. So fifth Elijah, uh, would be Elijah Moore. So I do get the frustration and the want and the need to, to be able to, 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 to contribute to your team. I get it. But I'm going to tell you something. I would not want to be in Zach Wilson's cleats later today. Just in general, I, I want my players to feel included, to be a part of my offense, that everyone's a contributor, all that. But I f- would feel this internal pressure on myself to know at all times, more than usual, under center, looking for his number eight on the line. I, I would feel like I would have to do that. I feel like I would have to force a ball into him that I would maybe normally check down. And everyone knows what happens or what could happen when quarterbacks force feed their receivers. All that considered, you know, I'm glad that the Jets sat him last week. I'm glad that he's playing this week. You know, but I just hope that he doesn't put a a roadblock in the development of of what the Jets hope could be their next franchise quarterback and, and how long. I don't know. But just to keep this guy happy with his number of targets. That's it. That's all. So I hope that it's been smoothed over. I hope Zach Wilson doesn't have any internal pressure to feed on the ball. Um, and earlier this week, I was at uh, Derek Jeter's Turn 2 Foundation Gala, and you saw all the interviews I pumped out on social media. If you didn't, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of the interviews are there. I'm talking Derek Jeter. I was talking to CC Sabathia, Tino Martinez, John Franco, Harry Carson. Um, 
But uh, Nate Burleson was was one of the guys that I talked to, and I asked him that question. You know, he was a wide receiver, Nate, and here's here's what he had to say about Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson's chemistry. I don't think I don't think I don't think Zach will. Right now, he's more concerned about um, you know running the system because what he's learning is if I take care of the ball, it doesn't matter if I throw the ball nine times or 49 times. If I take care of the ball, my team will have a chance to win, which means you can't force the ball to any wide receiver. Now, if Elijah Moore is true to what he's been saying, that I just want to help this team win, I can go out there and get open, which I'm a fan of his. Um, you know, he'll, he'll get open and you don't have to force the ball to him. Right. The, the, the best of both worlds is that he shows up in this lineup, he gets open, yep. and then Zach feeds him the rock. So that's what I would say to him. I would say, read the room. Read the room. You know, and, and and Nate said, I don't think Zach will. Good. I hope he's right. But read the room, Elijah Moore. It's the first time at the time of the trade request, since the first time since 2019 that the Jets have won three games in a row. It's their best. It had been their best six-game start since 2015. And they have a legitimate chance this year of snapping the longest active playoff drought in the entire NFL. Because at the time of his ridiculous, frivolous trade request... According to 538's predictions, the Jets had a 38% chance to make the playoffs. They'll take it. And now here we are in this game against the Patriots, relying on two wide receivers, not one, but two wide receivers that wanted and, and publicly requested to be traded in Mims and more. So I would say to Elijah Moore, learn your role on the team. And remember that saying from the rec leagues that we all played in when we were little, there's no I in team. Yeah, the last I checked, that still applies in the NFL. Okay, to the phones. Paul, no, Tom. Oh, ooh, two floral parks. It confused me. Tom in Floral Park. We'll go to you first. Go ahead. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, Danielle, I have, uh, I had, I want to talk Jets football and sure. the NFL in general, but I want to uh, just ask you some quick hot takes. I'll get through them really fast because okay. we're talking a lot of things baseball. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Number one, um, what do you think about Alex Rodriguez as the next manager of the Yankees? I like it. I do. I, and by the way, I love your I love your general takes on sports in general. I feel like you really get it uh, when not a lot of people do. That's just my own personal opinion. Yeah, no, thanks, Paul. That Tom, Tom, sorry, I did that again. Um, no, it's okay. I, uh, I I like Alex Rodriguez. I think the guy eats, breathes, and sleeps baseball. I, I think he is a would be a good marriage of analytics and 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 having been there, done that sort of thing, and and fairly recently. Uh, yes, I would like Aaron uh, Aaron <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Alex Rodriguez as manager. Yes, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I hope somehow that 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 might come to be. Um, second point. Um, with Aaron Judge, uh, kind of along the same lines. To me, I know this is maybe unpopular opinion, but you know, I, I honestly don't care if they get rid of him. To me, I, I know he's like the perfect baseball player, but he doesn't <clears throat> bring anything emotionally to me to the team. And I think when you're that big, that strong, that dominant, like your players look up to you, your your teammates and stuff. And he just kind of strikes me as just trying to always do the right thing, say the right thing. I know it's the Yankee way, but. You know, you look at the teams that have been winning, like Houston and stuff. You need some fire. You need some passion. I don't think he's that guy. Uh, on the field, no. I'm not sure what he does behind closed doors in the clubhouse. Uh, nothing that I've seen uh, is outwardly like that. But, it, you know, it doesn't have to come from him. It can come from a guy like Rizzo, a more passionate guy like Cole. I don't know. That, that doesn't bother me about him. Yep, I, I hear you. Um, okay, uh, so now to the NFL. Uh, another quick point. I know the Giants are 6-1, and one, I think, I believe. Uh, I honestly don't think that they're actually going to go very far in the playoffs. I think that the NFC is kind of uh, kind of weak. 
And I think the NFC East is generally kind of a weak division. Um, I don't think they're going very far. I'm sorry to say for Giants fans. Uh, I think it's, it's more smoke and mirrors right now. I'm looking at 538's predictions. Uh, there's a 12%, 86% chance the Giants make the playoffs, 12% chance they win the division, and 9% chance they have a first-round bye. Do you think they're overrated? Uh, a little bit, yes. Um, I know they're 6-1, and one, which is great. You can't take that away from them. But I'm curious to see how they're going to do. I mean, they've got no wide receivers. I mean, they're they stop the running game, and I'm not sure what they have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree too. Okay, and lastly, my Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's always hard. We're always, <clears throat> you know, we're always getting our hopes up. This year, though, seems a little bit different. Um, the league in general, the NFL, just kind of seems wide open. I think the AFC is superior to the NFC. I think I the NFC is kind of trash. Yes. Uh, no offense. Um, mm-hmm. I really don't understand why certain teams keep doing the same things. Like you have Aaron Rodgers, they never give him a receiver. It's like the thing to do in Green Bay. Like yep. let's just not give any offensive <laughs> weapons. It's really funny. Uh, I think the AFC is obviously su- superior, but I really only think that that really it's the Chiefs and the Bills at the top, and I think everybody else, like this Baltimore, uh, or the Bengals, yeah. I think a lot of these teams are kind of just a little bit more suspect yep. than usual. I- is it crazy to think that the Jets may actually be the third-best team in the AFC, or even in kind of like football? I, I know like Zach mm. Wilson is the biggest question mark here. Uh, but they have an amazing run game. I like that they got uh, James Robinson. I think he reminds me of like a Bilal Powell. I think he's a really good running back. I think they'll be okay with the one-two there. And I think this defense is, is defense as good is of a defense as I've ever seen. Yes. I mean, the secondary, the linebacking core, and All three the defensive levels. front. Yep. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, and just given the whole state of the NFL and the AFC, um, it, it, I don't know. I mean, this is, I know it's just a game. It's kind of big game versus Patriots. Uh, what do you what do you think? What do you think? How far do you think the Jets can really go realistically? Uh, or are we going to be bummed out like every year? You know. Uh, well, the Bills are the best team, not even just in the division, but in in the league. You know I what's think... funny? Because the Bills, um, you know, Josh. I'm sorry to cut you. Josh Allen is still unproven, really. If we think about it, like he hasn't won the big game. I know he ran out of time. Uh, well, he but... he was a victim to the the ridiculous coin toss rule. Uh, yeah. That was ridiculous. I I think he would they would have won that game. Um, but even prior to that, he still hadn't proven himself yet to to win the big big games. He had made I think a couple mistakes in the playoffs of the past before that. I know he's getting better. Every he's a year. stud. Josh Allen's a stud. He could play on my team any day, any 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 day. He's a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I listen, Tom. I, I like thank you for the call there. I like the rapid fire. I do like that. Um, Jets as far as the third best team in the AFC. No, especially now, not now with with Hall being out, Elijah Vera Tucker being out. I mean, they're done. They're if they make the playoffs, that would be a cause for for revelry. <laughs> Let's put it that way. If they make it, um, not not the, to to you know crap on the Jets. They're five and two, but I want to see more from Zach. Will. He's got one touchdown pass this entire season. Just just one. When is he going to come out there and light it up? That's what I want to know. Paul in Floral Park. It's your turn now here, Paul. Go ahead. Wow, that, uh, that's a problem. That uh, Zach Wilson only has one touchdown pass? I couldn't believe it either. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. We're totally, totally, what you call it? I can't think of the word. Um, <laughs> relying uh, relying yeah. on the running game. Yep. Besides our defense, uh, but thank God the defense is improved. I'm glad for that. Guess That's what? That's a big key. Braxton Berrios has also one touchdown thrown. 
equal oh, to Zach Wilson. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the uh, on but one the Giants, cast, by the uh, way. <laughs> yeah, right. But the Giants, I I am totally impressed. I love uh, what I'm seeing from you guys. Thank God. But so you guys will make the playoffs. I think I mean, so. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 You get uh, 10 wins, you're good to go. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. The Eagles will uh, win the uh, the uh, division. But, uh, yeah, I but would the like Yankees... to see the Giants make a move for a wide receiver at the deadline, though. We're talking uh, Billy yeah, Epler, yeah. how he he couldn't make the move. That's right. The Giants are going to have to I make the move. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. Chase Claypool. Yeah. yeah, because we're at uh, um, the midway point right now, right? What's that? Season. We're, at the, uh, we're at the halfway point of the season, right? Uh, the, the, well, the NFL. Well, it's 17 weeks now, so it's like, what's that in half? You know, I guess, I guess, I yeah. guess this is technically the halfway. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because the trading deadline should be coming up November yeah. 1st. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yankee, Yankees need wholesale changes. I want to see Don Manley uh, uh, back as as manager. Not going to happen. Aaron nice. Boone was just re up last year. Hal Steinbrenner uh, doubled down yeah. on it three days ago. Not yeah. going to happen. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, but nonetheless, yeah, yeah. While I'm trying to trying to work on uh, getting out of this house, yeah, you know, uh, two more weeks I'll be out. All so, right. Well, good so. luck. We'll keep you up to date. All right. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. All right. Uh, Sus, can we do a break? We want to do a break. Okay, let's do a quick break here, uh, and I'll give you my Jets and Giants predictions coming up. Right, I'm Daniel McCartan. Coming up next here on the Fan for the final segment. Of my show, Mike Fliegelman is here. He's taking you to 6 a.m. here on The Fan. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. After midnight here on The Fan in New York City, this is your last chance, last chance to get aboard. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 2. Mike Fliegelman is here. He is taking over the reins at 2 o'clock. You're bringing you till 6. Uh, quickly, quickly, uh, and more of your calls, 877-337-6666. I'll do quick picks uh, for Jets and Giants and get right back to it, okay? So um, I guess we'll do the Giants first. I, I cannot believe how we're about to talk about how valuable Geno Smith has been to a football team. We are here in this city. We know better than anybody how nuts this is. But Geno Smith has been really good. A 108 rating on the season. And the Giants are going to have to game plan for him. Do you believe that? So Tyler Lockett, I expect him to play. DK Metcalf, according to Adam Schefter about an hour ago, says he will play. These are guys that were limited or not practicing all week, so that might factor into the game plan. But Marquise Goodwin, two touchdowns anyway. So uh, they've got some weapons. Uh, but I think it might be a little bit tough for, for Gino. Giants' pass defense has been really good to elite this season, really good. Um, but then you've got the Seahawks running back, Kenneth Walker. He, he scored two touchdowns last week too, including a 73-yarder. 70, so... I think that is where the Giants can be susceptible in this game. Can they overcome it on offense? Um, I mean, Saquon Barkley has been fantastic. Daniel Jones, too. They both had over 100 yards on the ground last week. The Seahawks' defense is not great. Uh, Running, uh, run defense is not great. The pass defense also isn't anything to write home about. So the Giants' offense will have a chance. Uh, But ultimately, I do think this is going to be a ground game on both sides. 
And the last I checked, the Giants were three-point underdogs to the Seahawks. Uh, of course, the Seahawks, you know, have the 12th man going, the whole thing. But my official prediction, I'm taking the Giants again this week. I'm taking the Giants. Um, Giants 24, Seahawks 20. Giants 24, Seahawks 20. Jets-Patriots, MetLife. Uh, I mean, Jets' defense is elite, elite, et cetera, et cetera. Eighth best in the league in creating turnovers, all of it, right? All of it. That's how they're going to win this game. And how nice is it to finally see the Patriots struggling to figure out a quarterback situation and, 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 and Bill Belichick's Patriots at that. When you have two, you have none. Jet fans know it well. Um, the Jets' defense allows opposing quarterbacks this season only a 77.3 rating. Ba- uh, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, or which is Zappe in Italian, they've got no chance against this defense. I'm sorry. The problem is that Zach Wilson hasn't shown much of anything. Completely underwhelming for me so far this season. And I know the offensive line has been terrible, but Zach Wilson so far this season has only completed 57% of his passes. 73.6 rating. So not good. He's also got more interceptions and touchdowns, which, again, there's only one of them. One touchdown. So anyone expecting him to break out this weekend is going to be disappointed. Um, Vera Tucker is out for the season. And Matthew Judon of the Patriots leads the league in sacks. That's going to be a problem. I think Wilson's going to have no chance to throw the ball, but I, I like him for a rushing touchdown or two. I put my $5 free bet on a rushing touchdown for just one. I wanted to put two, and I pressed the wrong button. Um, you can't get it back. So I have Zach Wilson, uh, anytime touchdown scorer, on the ground. So um, the opening for the Jets is this. That's why I did this, because the Patriots' uh, rush defense is so bad. Like last week, they let up 243 yards on the ground and two touchdowns on the ground. So with Brees Hall in, no question the Jets were going to win this game. James Robinson's still good. He's on the uptick in his young career. A fine fill-in. I, I, you know, I've got good confidence in 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 the Jets' ground game, and in, in, that includes Zach Wilson. So here I am. I'm tweeting it. Uh, New York Jets twenty, New England Patriots seventeen, and I'm also going to put Wilson anytime touchdown scorer for anybody that wants to follow my lead in that. Alrighty then, to the phones we go. There's my two picks. I'm picking the Jets. By, by three points, and I'm picking the Giants by four. There it is. Lock it in, everybody. All right, 877-337-6666. Uh, we've got, I don't know, about eight minutes of the show left. I've got a couple calls on here. Let's keep it short, to the point, succinct, okay? Understood? Dan in Long Branch, kick us off. Go ahead. Yeah, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. I just have, the Giants are 6-1. and one. They're playing the Seahawks now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're still underdogs. There's there's so little respect there. We're 6-1. and one. Yep. I agree with you. And the Jets are, too. The Jets are dogs this week, too, at home against right. the Patriots, who, are, who, who have a, a worse record than the Seahawks. I, I just don't get the whole thing. Why should we be underdogs, though? Eventually, know. we should go up. We should be favored soon. Eventually. But you know what, Dan? I, I wouldn't let that bother you too much. I know it's a disrespect. I get it. Maybe it makes the Giants play harder. Who knows? I don't know. Can't get involved really in that. You can't You can't get too wrapped up in that. Nick in Orange County. New York, that is, I assume. Right, Nick? That's right. Okay. How are you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Good. Uh, 
Quick question for you. I, I look into this Yankee thing a little differently. I mean, I saw the Steinbrenner quote where he said, I don't see a change mm-hmm. in Boone, or I don't see, you know, I don't see anything coming from that, mm-hmm. um, or I don't see a change needed here. Hal has never shown that fire or the guts like his father did. Is it at all possible, because he's non-committal on Cashman at this point, mm-hmm. is it possible that he just doesn't have it in him to fire Boone because he's been so committed to him the last six years? That if he goes out there and hires a GM from outside, somebody like a Brian Savion from San Fran, mm-hmm. and he tells, you know, this guy comes in and says, listen, I'm, I'm willing to take this job, and I don't want Boone as my coach. Right. And he makes the GM fire Boone, so, you know, takes it out of his hands because he doesn't have to do it. Uh, that's not a bad uh, thing, but that's assuming that he's not bringing Cashman back. I know he's been noncommittal on him. I just, I just don't see him going anywhere. I just don't. But that's that's a nice strategy. It's a nice, neat strategy to have clean hands and not be involved in any of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's... I appreciate it. Yeah, Nick, that's a mastermind plan there. Have you ever been on Survivor? <laughs> uh, let's go to Timothy in... Uh, yeah, that's that's not bad. That's not a bad plan if I were the Steinbrenners. Not bad. However, I do think that both Boone and Cashman will be back. Both of them. Timothy in Raleigh, North Carolina. Go ahead. You're on the fan in New York. Happy. Happy Sunday, Danielle. Let's do um, it. I'm going yeah, to keep it really short and sweet. Sure. I love my Jets, but I despise most Jet fans. I don't go to Jet bars because most of them are ridiculous. What? Um, yeah, most of them. Not all. Most of them. Uh, Chris Drebler. Yes. Yeah, he he went. Well, he got um, what, promoted from the pr- practice squad. He's playing. To the team. He's active. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I- I'm okay with him playing, like, Wildcat or something like that. Yeah. But so many Jets fans are like, oh, he's the answer. He's the guy. 31 GMs passed on him. Yeah. Passed on him. <laughs> he's not the guy. Like, why do you, why, why do most Jet fans believe in this guy? And I, I, uh, I, I like know. him. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand. He played for the Cardinals, and he, he who's horrible. But you're gonna, you want, you're rooting for this guy <laughs> over on the number two pick. It just, I don't understand. I don't understand Jeff fans. But that's it. I just want your opinion on that. That's it, <laughs> Timothy. I, I I love the exasperation. Um, my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you. I guess that's the Mike White effect, though. You know, from last year, last season. Uh, because the Patriots are so bad on the, you know, defending the run, uh, you'll see him in some, some run packages, some wildcat stuff, like you said, some gadget plays for sure. Um, that's really it. That's all he's there for. Don't worry. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, you're up on the fan. First of all, how you doing, coach? Great. How are you? All right. Uh, how's school going? Oh, it's, it's good. It's going. Busy. Okay. Now, one thing with the match. To me, their biggest mistake is they show no sense of urgency None. whatsoever. Yep. Just because of the matter how that team's built. Because everything you heard about with Scherzer and DeGrom, you're talking about two older pitches who are not going to have a long shelf life. Yep. Okay? Yep. Now with the Yankees, I have to go quick, I realize. Um, they overrate the quality of their farm system by so much. I mean, think about this. I'd ask Cashman one question. How come if your farm system has so much quality that Aaron Judge is the only player in your starting lineup from it? Mm. That's a great question. 
Okay. That's a great question. Okay, Coach. And now, as far as the GM idea for the Yanks, I know I might be sounding like I live on Fantasy Island. <laughs> Take a shot at Theo Epstein. Mm. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah. And now my last thing, as a Jets fan, this game on paper, you would think, wow, the Jets should just roll over them. But this game scares me just for the idea. Belichick just got blown out at home. And let's face it, for the Patriot players, Belichick couldn't have been no picnic to be around with this week. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, I'll have to wait and see. You know, Belichick, you know, that's, it's going to be, I, I actually think that game is going to go into overtime. I think the Jets Patriots will go into overtime. I forgot to say that. Jets Patriots. Oh, and, overtime. By, and by the way, let's face it. Maybe if it ain't Theo Epstein as general manager, maybe you're the one that should be general manager. Oh, I wish. I Coach, wish, Sparky. You were the only person who said that, that, IKF just isn't the answer. Yeah. I got killed I, for it, too, at the time. I mean, and what's crazy, look at when they pulled the plug on him in the middle of the playoffs. <laughs> I know. Is that proof or proof that you need to know that, that he was just not cutting it, not getting it done, stop gap shortstop that he is? Coach, you have a great night. Thanks, okay? Sparky. You, too. Bye-bye. Yeah, can you imagine being GM of the Yankees? Oh, man. Oh, baby. Oh, man, I would love to. But, um, yeah, so wrapping it up here, the Yankees need a complete and utter overhaul of, you know, the, the, the entire blueprint of that team. I mean, it's not working. Stop. The definition of insanity, you know it, right? Doing the same thing over and over. That's what the Yankees are doing. The same thing over and over and over. And uh, it's, it's getting the same results. Unfortunately, they got to change it. Um, but they also have to sign Aaron Judge, I think. I think they're going to. Um, but I know a lot of Yankee fans wouldn't would be all right with him walking away, which is kind of crazy. You know, kind of crazy. What will he do? I'll have to wait and see. What will the Yankees offer him? I'm, I, I, I believe Hal Steinbrenner is afraid of the luxury tax threshold. So that's going to handcuff him a little bit. Um, but the whole Yankee mentality has got to change at the plate, all of it. All of it. Because it gets exposed in the postseason year and after year after year. And the, the, the ineptitude of Billy Epler at the trade deadline cost the Mets a, a real run in this postseason. A real one. Because the Phillies are in the World Series. You know what I'm saying? He, he, the, the guy, he made a move. I mean, the moves he made, you got, you got sold on a platoon DH scenario, which I, I talked, I was on the air here. When they brought in Daniel Vogelback, and I was like, wait, what? They brought in half a DH? A half a DH? And everybody's like, oh, my God, he's great. What are you talking about? Well, there you go. You know, so I, I don't know. Uh, I think the Mets, a perfect guy for the Mets to target is Trey Turner. I think he'd be a perfect fit for the New York Mets. Perfect. And as far, oh, you know what I forgot to post on, on Twitter? I wanted to post. I'm going to actually take the, these down, and I'm going to say only no criticisms, only if you uh, post your own scores. I got to I got to put that up. And I, I am picking both the Jets and the Giants to win. I think the Jets game, I don't amend this too, I think overtime for the Jets, 
So if you're going to the game, you might want to, you know, fix your plans for after it. Because uh, you, you might be there a while. And and as far as the Giants, I got I think they got the late game tomorrow, which is great. It's football on all day tomorrow, everybody. That 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 are your those are your plans. Jets, Patriots at one, Giants, Seahawks at four twenty-five, and then you got the Knicks on at six o'clock. So that's a full day. I know what I'll be doing all day long. So um I also hope for Zach Wilson's uh, you know, mental mentality that he's not looking for number eight on that line of scrimmage every single play. Let it be. Let it breathe. If he's open, he's open. And he can get open. Elijah Moore creates, I think it's three yards of separation, which is like among the best in the league, actually. So he can do it. And he catches the ball at a 55% clip, which is slightly higher than C.D. Lamb. That's the comp there. Um, Yeah, it's three, three yards of separation. I just found in my notes. And by the way, Elijah Moore's yards after catch, they're exactly the same as Amari Cooper's. It's more than Adam Thielen. It's more than Michael Thomas. So c- clearly, he's talented. Clearly. I just hope they don't try to force the ball into him. That's all. All right. Well, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you tonight. And I love coming and talking with you here on this Halloween weekend as uh, Becky... Icebox O'Shea, if you missed any portion of tonight's show, you hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start of the show, which is about 10.30 or so. Great job to Paul Rosenberg behind the glass, to Susumu Araki as well, and also to Emmanuel Berbari here on the updates. I will see you next Saturday without my costume on, unfortunately, right after the Rutgers game. So in the meantime, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and also on Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We'll keep the conversation going throughout the week. Let's go Jets. Let's go Giants. Mike Fliegelman next here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.